0: Obi, years ago you served my father in the Clone Wars. Now he begs you to help him in his struggle against the Empire. I regret that I am unable to present my father's request to you in person, but my ship has fallen under attack and I am afraid my mission to bring you to Alderaan has failed. I have placed information vital to the survival of the Rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. My father will know how to retrieve it. You must see this droid safely delivered to him in Alderaan. This is our most desperate hour. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope.
1: A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, it is a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire.
2: During the battle, Rebel spies managed to steal secret plans for the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star, an armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. Pursued by the Empire's sinister agents, Princess Leia races
3: home aboard a starship. Custodian of the Stolen Plans that can save her people and restore freedom to the galaxy.
1: The Imperial forces under orders from cruel Darth Vader hold Princess Leia hostage in their efforts to quell the rebellion against the Galactic Empire. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, captain of the Millennium Falcon, work together with a companionable droid duo, R2-D2 and C-3PO, to rescue the beautiful princess, help the Rebellion Alliance, and restore freedom and justice to the galaxy. Welcome to another feature presentation of Midnight Double Feature, and on this episode, we'll be covering 1977 Star Wars Episode IV, A New Hope, written and directed by George Lucas.
0: And welcome back to a very special midnight double feature episode, uh, <laughs> episode one hundred. Holy fuck! I can't believe we're here. Um,
1: fucking round of applause, you guys!
0: Hundred
2: fucking Holy episodes. Holy shit! Holy it, shit! We fucking uh, insert an applause clip right here. Make it last for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's and not. gonna happen let's make happen. them calm down. All right, everybody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you guys haven't noticed, there's four of us on here. Uh, this one's this one's stacked. Matt, say hi. Up, Danny. Hi, fuck! Oh my God, Jesus Christ, Danny. Hello, Colin. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, yeah, man, this this one's this one should be good. This is the this is the big one, as our socials say. Speaking of our socials. Uh, guys, we have two pages on Facebook. We've got our main page, which is Midnight Double Feature, and then we have our Facebook group, which is the After Party. Uh, the After Party is fantastic. The, we have fantastic discussions on there. That's where we post memes and news uh, and polls. Man, lately the polls have been taken off, which is fantastic. You know, everyone's getting really their little, fun. really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Like, everyone's getting their two cents discussions in there, for sure. Uh, but you guys can also follow us on Instagram, which is at Midnight Double Feature, and you can also follow us on Twitter, which is at MDF Uh And if you're not listening to this on YouTube, we are on YouTube, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, basically wherever you can find all of the good stuff. Uh, for our new listeners, because I think we might... Uh, this is me being hopeful we might pick up some new listeners on this episode (laughs) would you say it's a
3: new hope
0: yes it's a new hope Uh, Mm. for our new listeners this is a feature presentation so what this episode is going to be uh, it's basically us we're going to go through the movie we're going to talk about it we're going to make jokes we're going to get maybe a little bit of insight into the movie (laughs) we're not that (laughs) educated so uh (laughs) let's see how we go um, and, you know, we'll be spoiling it, so if you guys haven't seen this 41-year-old movie, or 42-year-old movie now, this year, uh, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be swearing, we'll be saying terrible things, um, so, yeah. Uh, also, last week we released a Primer episode, so but we haven't done that ever for an episode ever, uh, but we felt that it was necessary to do that for this episode because Star Wars is such an amazing and massive property, uh, that means a lot to all of us. So I guess to, in order to save some time on this episode and to <clears> prevent it from becoming a 44 four hour episode, uh, we got our opening thoughts, uh, regarding A New Hope on that particular episode so if you guys want to listen to our opening thoughts uh go listen to that episode it's got stuff about video games as well um and you know we we do kind of blend over to other other episodes in the series as well including the spin-offs so definitely go check that out that's episode 98 um and it's uh it's it's already on the feed so check it out um so Guys, without any further ado, we don't have any <clears throat> opening thoughts for this, like I just said, so how about we just jump right the fuck in to Star Wars Episode 4 at New Hope? Yep, let's oh. do it. Fuck yeah. So, guys, you guys have already heard us recite the opening crawl, this amazing, iconic opening crawl, right? Um,
3: the John Williams score, it's so iconic,
0: right? Right. Um, before if we some, get that, though, for
2: some sad reason, you've never seen it. Don't listen to our rendition of it again until you go watch it. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. I just uh, ruined it. Well,
0: I mean, that's also like you don't want to talk. Like, I mean, we say it. Like, whereas you're gonna have to read, and who wants to read these days, right? I'll be better about <laughs> not interrupting you. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, I, I will say, <laughs> um, like, it really does show how this is a product of its time because. Starting on like text like this, I think was pretty common back in that era. Uh, maybe not in this way, how it's crawling up and stuff. Um, and then this film does other things too, like the transitions and stuff. It's such a product of its time. The wipes. Yeah. The man. wipes. And like even like just how compressed the audio sounds at times. <laughs> but yeah.
0: I, I do want to mention something before we get to the opening crawl. Um, something that doesn't happen anymore, that iconic fanfare the 20th century fox and then mm. uh, you know we still get the Lucasfilm logo with the new films but we don't get the 20th century fox which is uh, you know kind of uh, one of those childhood staples it's so, a little weird yeah uh, so regarding this opening crawl Ken Ralston, uh during production of episode 6 uh, he talked about shooting it like how they shot it Um, And this is a quote from him. So, one of the things we still have to shoot is the opening crawl. Shooting that crawl is actually one of the hardest things on these movies. The artwork itself is only about four feet long and maybe a foot wide. The camera is real low to the ground and we use a tilting lens to eliminate a lot of the focus problems. But everything has to be lined up just perfectly and you spend days running through tests. Every little blemish shows up. Any little bump, any little movement of the camera is going to screw up this big 2,000 frame long take. It's fun, but pure torture.
2: <laughs> and nowadays, they can just type it in into a computer. It's like a camera facing down on a table, and they're just panning the camera from one direction to the other, uh, making it look like the text is strolling. It looks really cool to watch, but I bet that would be pretty tough.
0: Yeah, man. I uh, This time around, I watched it mm-hmm. with the commentary. Um, you know, it had George Lucas, had Carrie Fisher. It also had uh, Ben Burt, who created the creature sounds and the visual effects, and also Dennis Murin, who is the second cameraman. So Ben Bird talked about like, you know, um they they originally had letters cut out of black paper and the camera was slowly moving over over the, the letters. Um that's what they originally had. And the you know, back in seventy seven or seventy six when they shot it, uh it originally took three hours to film. Like, think about that. Wow. <laughs> God
3: damn. That's fucking text. Fucking text that most it. people won't want to read anyways.
1: Right. Uh, Do you know who had a hand in writing this opening crawl? Hit me. Uh, Brian De Palma, the director. He's uh, actually really good friends with George Lucas. Uh, If you don't know who Brian De Palma is, he directed the uh, first Mission Impossible. He directed Scarface. He directed Carrie. Um, He's directed a lot of shit. Carlito's Way, Raising Cain, all really good movies. The Untouchables, really good shit. So I was super surprised to see that. Uh, So I was like, oh, that's fucking interesting.
2: Because it happens so often in this podcast where it's like, did you know Tarantino had a hand in writing this? I thought you were going to be like, Tarantino. I was like, that's impossible. He's like five. Yeah. He's, he's, he's just, it's like, like critiquing Lucas.
3: It's he like it's comes like, in into the room, like, that should be blue.
1: And just walks out <laughs> with his little toys. He's like, okay, this uh, this scene with Han and, uh, and Leia and they're dancing, I don't really understand this. They're at a 50s <laughs> diner. I, like I don't know what's going on. <laughs>
0: Can we get a uh, Mexican standoff
2: here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why what's are in gr- Chewy naked? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> One of the most iconic shots of this film is what follows it directly after, with the spaceship sort of just like flying over you. I just want to just establish how fucking grand it is and how this massive ominous presence that spaceship is flying over hey
2: yeah like it does a good job establishing that there is going to be like a massive scale but you still don't fully get it in that one scene alone you're like damn this is a big shit already Right. Like the,
0: it, like the, it's still incredible, man. This 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 entire shot still gets me. Um and obviously, you know, it influenced uh Ridley Scott with Alien, right? Like that the way that movie opens with mm. the Nostromo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and it was aped in Spaceballs, like that just fucking goes on forever. <laughs> <laughs> so, funny. Uh, but yeah, one thing I wanted to bring up. Um uh, so Star Wars traditionally the camera pans down from the uh opening credits. Uh and I believe it's episode two. That's the only one that doesn't. Is that right, Danny? You're the uh aficionado here.
2: Uh I've heard that there's differences in those, but it's nothing that I've ever paid attention to. So you'd actually probably have heard read about it more recently than I have. I heard that there was one that broke that. Which one did you say it was? Episode
0: I, two. Hands okay. up. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, don't I know. think um The Last
3: Jedi doesn't it go? Are you
0: getting this from memory or
3: memory? But I yeah. know there's, there's another one that's different. Like because I remember when I, whenever, when I ever go watch a film, I don't know the order of which ones do what, but and if they all do go down or not. But like I I'm think, always curious to see what they will do in the direction. Like how do they transition to the next scene?
0: Yeah, I think they don't all uh, start in space. They they do all start in space.
3: Oh no, but like they might go to a planet. Like they're not oh, like yeah. literally in a spaceship. All
0: the time. Mm. No, no. Um well actually yeah, I don't know. Well let's let's get off this. This I'll is to we're fact gonna fuck yeah. Someone fact check me, alright? But yeah, episode two is the only one that doesn't pan down according to my research. But um Yeah, man. We meet C3PI and R2, man. I love how we meet these two iconic characters and there's no like crazy introduction they're just like they're just there being rocked about <coughs> by the star destroyers lasers Th-
3: that's a common theme in this film like no one's intro is really hold on oh no not, on. Everyone, not everyone <laughs> but a lot of characters just sort of just come in yeah there are a few big reveals in yeah um but yeah in this scene and the next few scenes c-3po is he's pretty much like uh an expositional character he's he's literally telling you what's happening which i guess with such a movie especially at the time where like you've seen nothing like this You kind of need a little bit of hand-holding through this stuff. Um, But, yeah, it's just crazy how much emotion a robot has. Like, still to this day, that seems like it's a foreign concept to me.
2: Yeah, their chemistry together, I think, particularly is what sells that, right? Like, the fact that it almost seems like R2 and C3P are are like an old bickering couple. Like you and (laughs) Zoheb.
4: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Pretty much. There'll be no escape for the princess this time," says C Um As a kid, I remember thinking that the stormtroopers—they had a buzzsaw or something. Like, can you, like, the sound it makes—the the door makes. I was like, can you imagine like a stormtrooper holding a buzzsaw,
1: like, trying to like saw this door?
2: <laughs> <You, you, laughs> yeah, just bouncing over the door.
1: You just you just imagine it being all quiet, and they're all looking at the door, and you hear a
2: <laughs> and they just start sawing through the fucking door. You're struggling to start at first, you hear. It's like, I've got this. I've got this. <laughs>
0: Hey, put your safety equipment on! <laughs> it's sure, fucking,
3: I,
1: I did it back on uh, Dantooine. I did this. It's, it's, fucking, uh, it's it fucking. It's
2: fucking. It's fucking Leatherface. <laughs> <laughs> when you took the job posting online, Leatherface, you said you could do this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Man, I pumped up my resume. Everybody else is doing it. Fuck. Well, I say I don't want to go past the fact that at the end of Rogue One, I know that these two, we're not talking about Rogue One, but
2: <clears throat> just the fact you that. mentioned it earlier, we we're going to probably spoil the other Star Wars movies, too. So, yeah. Escape the
1: the be the end of Rogue One starts on such an iconic scene, and this one literally begins right on the heels of it, but with another one of the the most iconic or a one of the most iconic, if not the most iconic, shots. So it's just so cool that the two of those literally sandwich like back to back, right off of each other. Two of the most badass scenes in the whole saga. That, I, I love that.
3: One hundred percent, and it's so it's so iconic. Like I was to just think a lot about like that Family Guy Blue Harvest. Oh yeah. yeah, how they how they how they do like moments like this so well as well.
0: Dude, that's just a that's, testament to like how iconic it is. That's peppered into my notes. Uh, like both Rogue One and references to Blue Harvest are peppered throughout the notes, so <laughs> they'll come up, man. Don't worry because Blue. Uh, I think something to mention Rogue One um, that complements this movie so much, and that adds actually adds quite a lot to this, to this film.
3: Well, that opening scene with Darth Vader, like, using the light deflecting stuff, it's so cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we get... Dude, speaking of crazy introductions, this is why I was like, Matt, shut the fuck up, because yeah. we have crazy introductions. This is dude.
3: one of the best ones you'll ever see in cinema.
0: Here is the biggest, baddest motherfucker stepping over the bodies of dead men. <laughs> like... The music and the angle of the shot with the bodies in the frame, like, it just tells you that this isn't the good guy,
2: right? Right. Him coming through the smoke, you know, everybody clearing the path for him. They're not even, like, it's almost like they're just not even looking at
0: him. Right, totally.
3: And straight up, seeing the Stormtroopers and even Darth Vader, like, these these costume design is so... I can never get over how iconic Vader and the Stormtroopers look. They're so freaking incredible. And it the way it's done here, I think maybe it's the setting, how it just it doesn't feel like you're watching a bunch of Halloween and dress up. Like it just feels like it really suits. Like I was I recently saw Aquaman and like with that, like they've got like a bunch of like soldiers who wear like these suits that are probably very star, like Stormtrooper inspired. But I feel like they don't really fit within their location some, sometimes. It looks a bit silly. But in this. From forty years ago, it just the the miss on scene, the way it's all working together, it's just so just beautiful. Like I don't even know how to describe how it all just works so well.
2: None of us were alive at the time, but I feel like Halloween wasn't fun to dress up for until Star Wars came along and people saw that they could dress <laughs> up like some of that shit so easily, right? I bet.
3: I bet.
0: So Matt, you're talking about the costumes here. Um Ben Burt actually mentioned something on the commentary around this time. He said um, re- regarding the sound design especially, uh, George Lucas wanted him to sort of go out and find sounds that sounded natural uh, because a lot of, like, the space fantasy films that you got before Star Wars, they often use, like, this kind of, like, electronic, sort of, like, synthetic fake right. noises, um, whereas, like, George Lucas's... And look, you can you can argue whether george lucas actually said this or not because there are conflicting reports from george lucas as well <laughs> and like other people so i'm just going off what the commentary says commentary says uh ben Burt um specifically said look george lucas told me to go out and find something um that was natural that's something that we could like pretty much do what spielberg did on Jurassic Park with the velociraptors and the the um the the dinosaur sounds Uh, kind of just create a sound from scratch and make it, you know, give a little bit of credibility to this fantasy setting. Do
3: you know how they did the sounds for the lasers? Because I'd be really interested.
0: Uh, No. I do have a few later. I do have a few later, but not for the lasers, no. So 3 BOCs, Princess Leia giving R2 the file. Um, Carrie Fisher says that she didn't want to be an actor originally, but she read this script out loud with her friend Miguel Ferrer who plays I Bob Morton in RoboCop? Yeah, you're uh, gonna be apparently- a bad
1: motherfucker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Uh, they both wanted to be Han Solo. Apparently, <laughs> that was a thing. So, I I would like to
3: also just note how Carrie Fisher is clearly on cocaine so much throughout the creation of this film. Not this one. <laughs> not this one. Not this one. No. I just that's I just associated no. it with that so much.
0: She was um, she didn't blow up until after this movie uh and you know that's that's not she didn't do coke uh with the stones until yeah oh okay the, the fifth okay. or the
2: sixth one so so ever you get into the part where they're introducing leia right yeah that's where we are so it's cool like uh, you know of course one of the most iconic entrances in all of this is her you notice that she's putting some plans into r2 right like uh what do you guys think about like this opening part colin for, for I wouldn't Liam. necessarily
0: say it's iconic. Like, it's just kind of there. Like, it's not but like there's nothing. Like this
2: is always the still image that you see a lot of times or you see yeah. the image of her putting her hood back and standing up usually whenever they advertise what some of the original shit.
1: No, I I will say I had a coloring book of Star Wars when I was a kid. And I remember this was one of the very first pages was her bent over, like slipping the thing in R2. That sounds so fucking
2: Weird. <laughs> right. so, in, in that spirit, I want to suggest a, 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 an interesting side conversation we can have very quickly. If you if if you were done, so Oh,
0: dude! I'm never done. I'm reading this shit. So keep going.
2: So you know how they continuously came out with remasterings of all of the Star Wars movies? Like they, yeah. you know, so many years later, they kept coming out with, and and Lucas just jam packed it with just random shit and just made it so much more bulkier than it really needed to be. Most of the pe- most time, people argue that, and a lot of times, like the story in it is a lot different, and it, it makes people angry because they like the original shit, right? So, in the spirit of this movie being 42 years old, if we were to come out with a new remastered version, right, and we wanted to add in some bulk right here, before Leia has seen uh, recording stuff with R2, you guys have to choose which one of these three things you would like her to be doing so that it feels more modern. Okay. Oh, no. She would either be posting an inspirational quote on Facebook. (laughs) What? YouTubing Despacito. Oh. My heart just broke, man. Come on. Or deleting controversial tweets about gay androids. Yeah, that's the one. We have a winner. No, definitely
0: inspirational
3: quotes. But she's putting data into a, a droid. She's not taking selfies with the droid.
2: It's more modern, Matt. Jeez, get with the times. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs>
1: I like how wow. we are saying be more modern, and she's like 3,000 years in the future.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago.
0: No, it's a long time ago. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But
3: actually, I just want to point out, like, on that note, like, that still it blew my mind as a child. It's like, do you mean it happened in the past? Yeah,
2: I, But yeah. it all looks futuristic. But it's also far away. We never communicated this technology to each other. Right, Exactly.
0: Mm. um so vader interrogates one of the rebel officers who says they're on a diplomatic mission if this is a consular ship where is the ambassador throws that
3: motherfucker these are the early signs that um star wars is very into politics and
0: uh well dude don't worry i'll i'll get that i'll get yeah. that and if the you you there, want there, star
2: wars yeah. c-span see episodes one two and three yeah <laughs>
0: There's a bit of that shit in this. There, so I'll, there I'll, is. Trust me, man. Yeah. I'll touch on that. We can we can jump over it if
3: you want. To. <laughs> like, I, I was surprised how much is in this. And they're like, oh, the council and the and, 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 and like, wow, like they just is is Vader going? To, is, is the Emperor like trying to like run for governor or some it's, shit? Like, you guys can
2: fuck off, Rod. This movie's fantastic. Initial, the bottoms of the pages. Gosh,
3: mm. but so many, so many. Like, it's it's that's one of the things that. You can tell Lucas is probably overthought and over-world-builded in the ways that we won't see because we don't need that stuff. Like, well, Ronnie, you can just say, oh, they're a big, bad empire that already rules the galaxy. You could have said that. And you wouldn't need any of this politics. But they they, they added in because reasons?
0: I mean – it's it's kind of like I I like the military aspect of it. We'll we'll like I said we'll get there. We're not there yet. <laughs> I think
3: like with future movies they're able to expand upon it and make it cool. But I, I just imagine if I was seeing it for the first time, I'd be like, "What the fuck is going on? What the fuck is this
0: shit, dude?" I'd be
3: so confused.
0: I'm like this movie deals more mi- militaristically. Uh, the the actual sort of council shit, whereas episode one deals with tax. Like <laughs> fuck that shit, yeah. man. Um. So Vader orders the stormtroopers to find some kind of like some kind of plans and wants the passengers alive. But look at how quickly we've set everything up. Like, we have the seeds of the story. We've introduced four of the main characters, including the main villain and what is after, not to mention the tone of the film. Like, this movie just gets going straight away. Like, yes, it's fantastic.
3: I would half agree with you. I would say it works as, like, a cold open to, like, set up the stakes and set up everything. But, like... What comes up next is when we start following the droids for another 10 minutes or so. That's where I've got starting to have
0: problems. Yeah, boo-hoo, we're not there yet. this section, yeah. <laughs> I had to give him a hug, guys. I had to give him a hug. Actually, we're, uh, like, you know, we should probably mention we're here in the same room together, which is... Uh, not common. Not common, no. So I can't fucking stand him.
2: ba ba It was so, uh, also- this week, I
3: think. Oh. I just want to also bring up, like, do you guys ever think, in hindsight, the scene where Vader's, like, choking this dude, holding him up? Sure, it's, like, like super villainous and stuff. Then later on, he chokes someone. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, am I forgetting something here? Isn't there meant to be a scene somewhere where he chokes someone and levitates them? Or is just the public consciousness just merged these two moments together?
0: Mm. I... Don't fully know. All I know is that there's a behind the scenes of, of this scene with David Prowse's actual voice. Yeah. Um, which is hilarious. When you
3: see video games, like he's force choking someone and raising them. But in this film, that doesn't happen. He chokes someone while they're sitting down with the force. And then he also chokes someone with the neck and raises them, like physically.
0: Well, Anakin in episode three chokes uh, Padme out and raises her.
3: Yeah. But that happens like, what, 20 years after this? Before before no no no, no, no. It, in real life the movie mate was made you where does to expect that i'm just trying to think where does that image of vader doing that to someone where does it stem
0: from i've never seen that image I never don't know. Myself myself it happens in the video games. games and stuff oh video, yeah but i mean like video games you have more like you have more leeway because you're like, creating pixels like what surprised
3: me watching this is that moment never happened and uh, I must have imagined it or seen it somewhere else.
0: Kind of like a, a Fight Club situation. Oh, sorry, a uh, Seven situation where you see Gwyneth Paltrow's head in the box, but you don't.
3: I guess, like, because yeah. you remember? Do you guys remember that meme called Darth Vadering, where what you do is like you pretend you're force choking your friend, th- and then they pretend they're choking, but then they jump at the same time, and you got to get the photo right in the middle. And it's like, well, where does that come from? Like, I don't know, that's a whole other co- that's a whole other thing, there. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: So I can't remember if this was the only time that Star Wars have referenced, um, that Stormtroopers' blasters can be set to stun. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. But I looked it up, and god damn is the internet deep on the Star Wars lore, man. Like, oh, we, didn't, too deep. we didn't touch on any of this, like the extended universe shit that's now been sort of like, uh, I Recall. guess being made defunct, but... Man, I looked this up, you know, whether this was the only time that a stormtrooper has used their blaster uh, for stun. And the internet has named this guy TK9091. And starwars.fandom.com even goes on to say, quote, Upon being knocked unconscious, the target would remain limp, unable to move and comprehend the surroundings. This effect usually lasted for several minutes before the organism regained consciousness. <laughs> However, items such as stun cuffs could be used to bound could be bound to the individual while comatose effector- effectively capturing him.
2: Like, what? I hate the EU. I hate <laughs> it.
1: I hate it. Yeah, that's a bit much. Just
0: give me
3: the movie. That's
2: someone sitting in the basement just like, no one else has gotten to this yet. All right, Star Wars. That's Well,
3: whatever. this happened again with um, uh, Force Awakens where they named a particular stormtrooper TR-88, um, and that later on became... Trader. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it is uh, Trader. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so 3PO and R2 jump into an escape pod with R2 mentioning to 3PO that he's been given a secret mission and plans. Um, but before they do, I love, like, 3PO's insult to R2. Don't you call me a mindless philosopher, you overweight god of grace.
1: <laughs> like, that is so savage, dude. Well, they talk like, it's oh. like a fucking Shakespearean level put down, dude. And it's just like, you, inf- it's, back away, you it's infectious very... bat-fouling gigglet. Like, like the shit that they're saying to each other is so ridiculous. <laughs>
3: the <It's>...
2: Sparky Fuck.
3: <laughs> I do get a slight um Three Stooges vibe from the two of them as well. Or, like, Balkan Skull from Power Rangers. Yeah. Um, I, I want to point out just how fucking terrible are these lookouts at their job who just let this escape pod go. Oh. And they go, must have short-circuited. Really? That's a coincidence. During an invasion of a ship, it just happens to fall out Dude. of the
0: sky. Dude, my note's here. So <laughs> they take off and these, like, chuggle heads hold their fire. But, like, Why? What? Like, yeah. Remember Blue Harvest? Blue Harvest was like, hold your fire. There are no life forms aboard. Hold your fire. What are we paying by the laser now? You don't do the budgetary. I don't do. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, it's just, it's fucking,
2: like, you know. Like, it makes itself such it an easy to make fun of.
3: <laughs> like, it, it would be just easier to not include that scene.
2: Just, just don't have it in there. But like, no, let's let's intentionally yeah, no put plot holes in, history in the ever References that as a moment of tense cinema. Like, do you remember when they were in the escape pod and they almost got shot down yeah. immediately? Like, well, that would have ruined the whole thing. <laughs> who
1: who turns their own guns on their own escape pods? Like, I don't understand that. Like, why would you be ready and willing to shoot down your own escape pods too? It's like, I, like mm-hmm. I much would have preferred if they had a cut to those guys and they were just like doing coke, doing coke off each other's asses, and they're like, oh fuck, and they started like <laughs> scattering for the controls and they're were around da, their da, ankles.
3: Well, <laughs> da, 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 no wait. It's not their own escape pods. It's it's the rebels' escape pods and their Imperial's troopers.
1: Oh, I thought it was I thought it was an imperial escape pod because they they make their yeah yeah never the mind the ship
2: is the ship is sucked their ship the rebel ship is sucked up under that starter Destroyer, So whenever those escape pods shoot out, like the turrets a, on the it's bottom and sides, yeah. Can okay, the never mind. Force,
1: I thought at this yeah. point they had made their way. Into the kind of like the imperial ship, well, there, but there you go, fucking. The nah, more you know. I
3: think they're like still haven't entered the hangar yet or something. They're still like so in The tractor.
0: I uh, because I just wanted to see what the internet could come up with regarding this sequence. I found a, I found a great one. Okay. <laughs> so, kill file on Reddit of all places. Star Wars canon holds the most holds that most of the weapons we see in the series, though often ref- referred to as lasers, are actually particle beam weapons which use an exotic gas as the consumable. Oh that means,
4: my god.
0: Listen, <laughs> that means that there is both a cost associated with firing the lasers and an, and a finite number of times a star a given Star Destroyer can do so before taking on supplies. I imagine, a, I imagine You know it's what? A lot. Shut up. I imagine, no one cares. Hold on. Like it's, <laughs> I imagine it's a lot, but there is at least some support For the notion is what he says. I I just want you to know. Next time you
3: reference something like that, I'm punching you square in the (laughs) jaw.
0: I'm not. I'm I'm referencing it. I'm referencing it ironically. Okay. I'm pointing out just how fucking rabid the Star Wars Wars fandom is. Like, it's not. It's not like I agree. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. I
3: reckon it's it's trying to defend a shitty part of a movie.
0: That's what I'm saying. We're on the same side here, Matthew. Uh Colin, you get that Halo Five.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm logging in right now. No, I'm just kidding.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so as the droids float down to Tatooine, uh, Leia is bought before Vader. Um, and, man, this is, like, yes. our first sort of look in at how, just how strong of a female character that Leia is. She's such a fighter. She's so confident. I mean, like, this guy is terrifying. And he's, like, ten stories taller than her. But yes. she's just, like, standing her ground, man. She's, she's literally, like, looking up vertically at him.
1: Right. Yeah, they do that great shot where they're they're looking down on Leia, but when they cut up to Vader, it's kind of like at a downward angle, you know, and that's just like fucking like him what I want, like make him seem so much more imposing. Um, and at the same time, you, you kind of, I, I've i never found the logic in this, but George Lucas was like, told Carrie Fisher, oh, you, you can't wear a bra. She's like, why? He's like, they don't wear underwear in space. She's like get the fuck out of here, George. And he's like, no, yeah. you can't wear a bra. She's like, so I had what to take, she, yeah, she's like, I had, I had to, t- I had to tape my tits down for this movie. I was like, God damn, dude. I mean that like, like that right there. I was just like, I, I wish she'd have been like, why, do, why don't I, you know, why am I not wearing a bra? Cause, uh, cause it's space. You, you don't, you don't wear a bra in space. She's like, I'm not fucking you, George. Do you understand? I'm not fucking you.
3: <laughs> Amazing. What was that quote? Um, That she, later, when she told this story later on, she was like. When I die, I want people to think that the way I died, died was like, what was it like? um, Floating in space, strangled by my own bra or something like that. There was what some the, quote to that effect. And then on the day that what? Carrie Fisher passed away, so many fans, like instead of saying R.I.P. Carrie Fisher, they would post that quote word for word.
0: I didn't say that at um,
3: all. all. Oh, so that was all over my all right. feed, man. And it was, it's this direct quote from some interviews she did. And it's like, she was like, when I pass away, I want you to say this, and it was a reference to that conversation shared with George Lucas. Just to point out how stupid it was. Right. Um, but yeah, it was great.
0: Uh Vader explains that several transmissions were beamed to the ship by rebel spies and that he wants to know what happened to the plans they sent her. Um by the way man, it's just so much more awesome knowing that this comes right after he just stomped us but was unsuccessful in recovering the plans in rogue one. Like it just it's such a it puts a new like spin on everything.
2: And everything he says in this word-for-word is perfect. Yeah, That's exactly what fucking happened.
0: Right. Uh, And, man, when he raises his voice, it scares the shit out of me. Like, you are a part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away. Um, James Earl Jones' voice, dude, is fucking iconic. Hell yeah. He's great. No going around.
3: I'm so happy he's back for the new Lion King movie.
0: Oh, me too. Um, And this is where Vader finds out about the escape pod as well. So we cut to C-3PO and R2 in the desert. Um, and this is my note. So as a kid, hearing 3PO bitch and moan felt like it went for ages, man. Like yes. I do definitely agree where you guys say that this feels like it goes for an eternity because, man, like uh, it, it, like his bitching and moaning just is so fucking prevalent. He,
3: he also has a line of dialogue which complexes me to this day where he goes something like, I feel like I'm going to fall part, I need to rest or something. Like, you're a robot. You don't need to rest. That's not how robots, sorry, Dro- droids, ro- work. my joints are almost frozen.
0: That's it. Yeah.
3: Like, that's not how this shit works, dude. And, um, I covered this in the last podcast. But like, honestly, I think one of the weirder, nit- nitpickier flaws of the film is this scene and the next few ones are like it structurally. It just feels weird. It's because it's, it's, they're there, then they separate. Which is like becomes like a thing that Star Wars does a lot. Arguing the desert becomes like a thing for Star Wars. Yeah. So I think.
2: in our in our prelog episode, we had like we talked a lot about this, right? We ended up saying that this whole entire sequence, really, I think the best way to almost like to try and summarize it, spend our best uh, best time on it, would be saying something like, "It just does really good universe building," right? um and gives you kind of like that same star wars magic but that's what yeah. you
3: say like going into like the jawa stuff but for me it's like they separate just to get brought back together um in the space of like 10 minutes
2: yeah and it just feels like just to get to them to look quicker. That they won't be together again for it to be impactful whenever they do come back together you're like oh there they are that's it right right mm, exactly i don't like it <laughs> so
0: um According to Lucas, shooting in Tunisia was awful because it was so cold. Um, and there were, like, sandstorms that were blowing the sets everywhere. Like, can you imagine? That's fucking wild. Um, And, uh, man, like, when, when 3PA walks up to this, this skeleton, this creature, like, I was always interested, like, in this. Like, what is it? Is this Arrakis? Is this, like, those massive, like... Durn worms that, that go through the fucking sands.
2: Jeez, so surprise. in the Knights of the Old Republic game, we talked about that in, in the in the prologue episode, prelogue episode, where uh, some of our favorite games, the Knights of the Old Republic, it's set like I think four thousand years before New Hope. Um, but you go to Tatooine, of course, just to kind of be like a fan respect thing in the game, and they're there. Um, it's called a crate dragon, I, I think. So
1: the more yeah. you know. I also I don't you know. I, I also don't want to go past the cinematographer of this movie, Gilbert Taylor. Uh, not that I mean I know that name. She's like, oh, uh, the infamous Gilbert Taylor, of the course. Infamous <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but the guy did do Star Wars, the first and second Omen, and he did Doctor Strange Love. So I mean, he did quite frankly what are considered some of the best fucking nice. movies of all time. So I didn't I didn't want to go past that, like. George Lucas hates directing. He he bitches like C three PO in the desert when it comes to directing. So without the cinematographers of this movie, it wouldn't be like what what it is today without that. Because George Lucas sure shit didn't go a fuck behind the camera.
0: Right. Well, we've mentioned it twice. Like let's let's just talk about it while we're here, George Lucas, right? Um <laughs> so number one, the script writing issues that he uh he got his wife to look over.
3: So his wife was the editor of the film. Like that, they weren't married at the time. I I don't know how they met. Actually, I'm not sure yeah, we don't cool care about else. how they met. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So there was a whole bunch of scenes um, where the movie actually started with Luke on Tatooine watching the the star fight thing from from his home or something up in space. that um, cool. And then Wedge and Tillys was meant to be one of the main characters, and they cut out almost all these scenes. Um, he's sort of. Doesn't really do much until the very end. Yeah, um, I believe that there's a but Tachi they, they pretty Station much cut out one of the main
2: characters. That, Sorry, I think there's a Tachi Station scene that has a wedge or something in it, right? Yeah, I believe so. Something um, like but that. But
3: yeah, they had to like restructure the whole first act and change the point of view of how we see everything to the droids, um, and so because that, that's where we meet Darth Vader. It's how you meet Leia. Mm-hmm. So this movie has this interesting scenario where within the first act. We sort of changed from the our point of view characters, uh C3P on r 2 d g and we switched to Luke, which is very uncommon. So that's the whole thing. But it was the only way to get the script to sort of move along, because there's just a lot of long, boring stuff, which cause they thought hey, I think he must have thought he had to establish Luke earlier and stuff, and that's fair enough. Um and if you go back to like previous drafts, like there's some crazy shit. They actually converted it into a comic back when it Star, where Star Skywalker was Star Killer, and um, I think Han Solo was like some sort of green alien creature. And they did all sorts of other weird stuff too. Um, Dude, have you ever yeah, heard? Had, you- the editing Sorry. saved the film. Like everyone thought this movie was going to be complete trash.
1: Do you guys know what the original title for this shit is called? Oh, something
3: like. Um, wasn't like, it Blue Harvest? No, that was a, that was a fake name or something. Oh, shooting. yeah, that was a working title. Sorry. It was something like Mace Windu and... No, The Adventures of Starkiller.
1: Yes. The it's,
3: Journals of the yeah, Wills. Yeah. yeah. Journals uh, of the Wills, uh,
1: yeah. Adventures of Starkiller as taken from the Journal of the Will Saga 1, The Star Wars. Uh, yeah, wow. But
3: there was a character called Mace Windu in the original draft.
1: Mm, I okay. remember that as well. I I do want to point something out. I sent you guys something in the chat just now. Um, there was a, and they just turned this into a movie. is a is a is a, a huge comic in France uh, called Valerian just came out. Had like Carol, Cara. Uh, I can't pronounce her fucking last name. Carol Delvine, whatever the fuck. And uh, yeah,
3: Carol Delavine. Uh, yes. Zoheb, you and I have a friend who worked in the advertising
1: uh-huh, for that uh-huh, film. Yeah. Yes. Uh but Valerian, there is a lot, a lot. Taken from Valerian comic books into Star Wars. I had never heard about this till a couple of years ago. Uh, I sent you guys something in the chat. It is fucking insane. Like, to the point now, George Lucas would have never gotten away with this. There is no way, dude. There's, (laughs) like, the guy frozen in carbonite, the unmasking of Vader... Uh, even down to the Millennium Falcon and like Leia in the bikini. I mean, it, it, I mean, Google it. Look for yourself. But holy fuck, dude! In fact, this is what what it, it was something that was a huge influence on Luke Basson when he who actually d- directed Valeria, but he was also doing the Fifth Element, and he came to the guy. And I can, I will butcher the author's name of these comic books. It's Jean Paul something. I, I cannot pronounce it. Um, but he came to him <clears throat> and was like, "Hey, I want to use your." I want to use your comic books as like it's uh, like an image reference for this movie I'm making called The Fifth Element, and this and this guy was just like, uh, I don't know, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm not really sure, and he was just kind of skirting around. And Lucas Hnath, like, look, I, he said, look, I'm not George Lucas, I'm not going to steal your shit, and the guy was like, okay, cool, you can have it. Like, literally, just let him have it, like, right then and there. I strongly urge anybody to look this up because I know that George Lucas is not wholly responsible for the look of these things. That's like Ralph McQuarrie kind of thing. Ralph McQuarrie did a lot of, like, he designed Vader. He designed a lot of this shit. But there is an undeniable influence from that. And when I saw it, like, like, it's shocking to me. I was like, holy shit, this is fucking insane.
0: I I don't, I don't want to, um, just while you're talking about that, Colin, um, it's funny because the only one time that I've seen, uh, Valyrian and the city of a thousand planets or whatever it's called, um, I watched it, uh, it was an advanced screening and Luke Besson was actually there. Uh, he did a QA, um, and, you know, a lot of people asked, like, of the questions about Star Wars. Um, but he's like, no, (laughs) George Lucas actually took a lot of inspiration from, our work <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. right yeah which was
0: actually quite interesting man like i mean like it's very rare that you get the get the influencer of star wars like usually it's the other way around you know these movies were inter- influenced by star wars whereas you know things like dune or things like flash gordon or things like like you said uh valerian um absolutely inspired the the look and feel of star wars
3: yeah like there, there's no deny. a lot of concepts were taken from there um you do also you know uh, funnily enough, some of the most iconic stuff has had so much stuff lifted. Like Lion King is basically plagiarizing something called... Macbeth. No, <laughs> some good, I think it's called Saba. It's some sort of anime. From really? Waterworld. Yeah, except yeah, except they're white. Um, I think it's called Saber or something. But, um, it's literally beat for beat. Even the character designs are complete rip-offs. Um, but also you get stuff like, uh, The Matrix has been sued multiple times, um, from books and, um... Uh, apparently, it's, it's taken shots directly from animes and stuff as well. Um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. George Lucas and Tarantino, he, he, Tarant, unlike a lot of these other ones, Tarantino openly says, I was inspired by this. I took it like that, but he, he just takes little bits and pieces he likes and puts it together. And I think George Lucas does that as well. Like something we haven't really talked about much is the, the big influence from samurai films. Like that was a huge influence on this. Like, look at all the character designs too. Like, they're all meant to be based off like Japanese,
0: right? Akira Kuro, Kurosawa and in, in, that's in it, yeah. Particular, yeah.
3: Um, but yeah, Valerian was clearly weirdly Valerian is like the one you never hear George Lucas talk about. He always he'll mention Flash Gordon stuff, and maybe it's because maybe he knows it's a bit obvious he took a bit too much from the
1: well, th- that's what i'm saying like i don't know if it's lucas i don't know if this is a ralph Macquarie thing or not you know that's why i think that lucas might be kind of ignorant to it i don't know if he's a big comic oh, book fan i've never i've never really heard him talk about comic books to be completely honest so it could be something that somebody put up to him and he's like oh yeah that just looks great and they knew it but maybe he didn't i don't know but uh, here, where we here's at the thing
4: about-
1: <laughs> what was that I said, "Where are we at, so have fuck." Sound target. Uh,
0: oh no, we'll, we'll we'll get back into it. I just have one more point. Here's the thing about Lucas, though. Um, that that kind of sours me on him a lot. Um, he will go to the greatest lengths to say that he made a lot of this shit up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he will protect his originality uh, or perception of originality. Um to like incredible lengths and it's just like dude the evidence is here like you know what i mean like we can see it you've said it even yourself years ago you probably just forgotten um it's 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 wild but that being said man lucas lucas is also kind of a genius like he didn't uh, I believe he either take he didn't take much pay from this, or he did he took no pay for for the film Talk about the merchandise. But instead, he optioned the merchandise, and at the time, everyone said, "You're fucking insane, dude! Like you are an insane person." Like in in context, rightly so. It's never right. been done before. Exactly. It was it was it was unique at that time. But man, he earned fucking millions, or if not billions, from the merchandising.
3: Yeah. Um. There was actually a really great documentary, a camera called about the the toys of Star Wars. Um and what happened is so no one expected Star Wars to be as successful as it was. Um but he took this massive pay cut um in order for the merchandising rights so he could get a bit, I think, bit more funding to complete the film. Um but then when the movie came out, um they didn't have time to bring toys out in time for Christmas. So what people did is because this thing blew up and it was so much successful than I thought. Um, you would go to the store and buy a box with an IAU in it, and then you would get a letter in that, and you would write down your details in that letter that you bought, and then you would email uh, sorry mail it to the company, and then they'll mail you back the toys like three four months later after Christmas. Wow, holy That's shit. the length they had to go to just to get the first run of toys out. That's wild. Um, but nowadays, you know, it changed the entire movie industry. Because now like they see how merchandise and toys especially, um, how can make so much money and how these movies are kind of like the most expensive ad you can get. And that sort of created well that like largely participated to the creation of the Blockbuster. And like that's why superhero films are so big now and stuff like that. Because they're such money making machines. It's all because of the merchandising system sort of set up and discovered by Lucas. So
0: definitely Trailblazer. Yeah. Um Let's get back into this bitch, man. Uh, let's that was, do it. That, let's climb out of this rabbit hole that we're in. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, R2 Arthur, Arthur gets ambushed in a canyon, uh, which was actually shot in Death Valley because R2 actually wouldn't work in Tunisia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> George Lucas made it a point. He's like, oh, R2 wouldn't work in Tunisia. We couldn't get the wheels going. Uh, I, don't, I don't fucking, I can't do it. Yeah, you can't. Um, by the way, man, the blue e- electricity effects do not hold up. Like, I, yeah. wild, wild. Um, Ben Burt mentioned that Lucas's original sound for R2 was that he wanted Bert to record babies who couldn't talk yet. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they were kind of making the, like, the sort of the cooing sounds as they try to develop speech. Like, can you imagine how creepy that would be?
1: Dude, I'll tell, I'll, I'll not to interrupt you, have you ever seen Ghosts with Patrick Swayze? No. Nah. Have any of you guys ever seen yeah. that, Danny, Matt? No. Nah. Yeah. Okay, when the demon things come from Ghost, <clears throat> it's literally the sound of Baby slowed down, and it's like... Bleh. Oh! It, dude, it is shittingly terrifying. That's what Baby slowed down sounds like. I'm like, ah, I'm glad Damn. they didn't go with that.
0: I didn't know that. R2 wakes up in the Jawa's sandcrawler, uh, and this is where we see the awesome practical effects on display here, man. I love this. Like, It's kind of like... It's a little bit it's a little bit long, but it's also kinda like look what we look what we can do. Um there's a fucking walking trash can <laughs> droid that I like to reference. Um and uh this is where we get R2 and 3PA reuniting. Uh meanwhile the stormtroopers search for the droids. A whole
3: thirty seconds later after they <laughs> were
0: separated. Yeah, yeah. Very shortly. Um But goddamn the do look terrible, man. Like this special edition shit that you mentioned, Danny. Like, these additions are, uh, like, this isn't the worst of it. There is worse.
2: Um, yeah, but it just seems like these are just paper cutouts of those beasts, right? And they just right. kept moving them over the frame. Oh. To the left. <sighs> right,
0: exactly, man. And it's just, it's so wild. Because this is the film that cops all, like, the most changes. This is the one that, that's been changed the most, most mm-hmm. significantly. Um, I believe it's Empire that's the least touched. Um this
3: scene also has one of my most hated shots of the film, which is where uh we get a pan across and um all of a sudden it has this comedically timed pop-up where the stormtrooper just pops up and is like, Hey, look, droids, because <laughs> he has like a little a little circle he's holding for some reason. So one, I guess like something just fell off C3PO and who knows what happened, but also it's so like cartoony. And, oh, it just, it annoys me so much.
0: It's, yeah. It's it's, it's a bit out of place. It's not fun. Yeah. Uh, then we get the yard sale sequence.
3: <laughs> which goes on forever.
0: Hey, man, I don't mind it. I, I, I don't see that at oh. all because we meet our hero of the story, Luke. Um, I mean, like, plus, you know, we get the introduction of Luke's iconic theme, right? The, da, da,
3: da, da, da. Oh, that, which is, like, the best part of it, for sure. It's a it's, it's, it's great
0: theme, too. But immediately Luke bitches about Toshi's power station to pick up some power converters. So whiny,
1: so whiny, so whiny. Ah, uh, Jesus! Do you, guys, do you guys know where the to- Toshi station comes from, Zohab? You and I talked about this.
0: Oh, where? Uh, the, uh, Zodiac.
1: Yeah, Zodiac, the guy who was the lead detective in charge of catching Zodiac, Dave Tosky. Uh George Lucas was a college student in California when this was going on, the Zodiac killings. And he said that he felt so bad for the guy. The guy was having, like, bleeding stomach ulcers. He was hounded in the press. People were, like, you know, basically holding him accountable for the fact that Zodiac was never caught. And he was like, dude, this guy's giving 100%. Why don't you fucking, like, back off? So he named uh, Tosky Station after him.
0: Nice, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Well, while, while, while we're really here good. quickly, um, you mentioned Brian De Palma uh, helping out with the writing of the the, the credits. Uh, sorry, the crawl. Uh, that's also because you know they went to film school together. Um, like they're oh. like George. Yeah, George Lucas went to film school with a a number of like uh, incredible filmmakers, including Spielberg. So
3: yeah, and they, they were friends for a while. I think Spielberg even gave some advice on this film. And stuff. Um, I want to point out two things real quick. I have this one theory that when you hear Luke's aunt call his name out, I believe later on in the film when she calls out to him again, I think they've reused the same audio clip. Um, I anyway. could be wrong. But also, the, the the thing I want to mention the most is uh, when C-3PO speaks to Uncle Owen. Um, why is he trying so hard to sell himself? He keeps like just. Up. It's like, oh, well, I can do this also, and I can do this. It's like, why are you so desperate to impress him? Like, you don't, you, why do you want to be sold? Do you have a mission. You, he's aware of the mission, right? He
2: I mean, knows it, that r 2 d has lot of this thing. There's people living around that area. I'm sure Jawas is how he learned how to socialize. They're just like, yep, I got that droid. So he's
3: that's how he is, too. No, I think it's C3PO. Like, why is C3PO trying to impress Owen so much? Is it because he's trying to escape the Jawas? Because he
0: doesn't want to stay with the Jawas. Hmm. Like why? Why would I want to stay on this trash can and be sold? Like be you know, <laughs>
1: Uncle, Uncle Owen's like, no, I'm not interested. CPO grabs him by the shirt. He's like, sir. I believe you're interested, just start squeezing down. He's like,
0: (laughs) take me, take me with (laughs) you.
1: Uh, One thing Um, I do, I do want to say, I'm actually watching a free version of this on YouTube. It is untouched. It is not the 1997 special edition. It is an untouched copy, an original copy of this. I was like, I have never seen this before in my life. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. This is so nice
0: it can't be the original original though like i mean no, like it's no, it's just, it's just um, not
1: the touched up crazy cgi uh, yeah, fuck fest yeah. special features that came out like oh my god so
0: a good a good way to
3: test it is when you see the lightsabers check what color they are cuz i believe in the original cut they were white and then oh. in a later home release they changed the colors to blue and red
0: Tell you another good way to check it. Um, there's no dog shit CG in it,
1: <laughs> well, dude. That's what I'm looking for. it on the scene where they're, you know, he's like, uh, he's like, look, there's droids. Look, a penny. Um, he uh, there, there's no digital fucking creatures roaming in the background. Or like when they actually get to the bar, like later on, there's none of this like weird fucking uh, CGI creatures. Ever. Fuck. There was none of it, and I was like, uh, what the hell is going on, dude? And I was like, oh, this is one of the sacred texts.
3: <laughs> Something else. Not- to jump ahead but when you do get to the bar the cantina scene i believe in the original cut um they didn't have enough costumes to fill the bar so they took some stuff from previously and one of them is like a werewolf costume but later cuts they were they were able to like remove it out and add some new shit in
0: hold on uh let me just uh put a strike through on my note here where uh, (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) Uh, no i got that later actually um
3: yeah, we're, I'm yeah. sorry, you are aware we both saw the same film.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 well, I
3: mean. Yeah. Um, oh, and, the, and my only other gripe with this scene is, and this is a very nitpicky editing thing, it ends on a fade to black just to get into the room, which I'm guessing is like a way like they've chosen to hide like a mistake or something, or
0: or just to hide how the fuck R two D two got down those stairs. D2. Yeah, <laughs> like I
3: don't, I, nowadays people would do like a hard cut or something. But, yeah, you know it was it is what it is for its time. So
0: R five D four breaks down. Um, I want to talk about this just quickly. Because it is interesting to see these, like, sort of moments of fate that change everything. I mean, like, you know, if, if R5-D4 is functional and comes along with, with Luke and everything's fine and R2 goes on to, you know, be sold to someone else, I mean, is this, is this like, one of those fate things, like, that the Force is always pointing to or am I looking into it too much?
3: This is what I see from it. I see that it's a lot of fucking filler that doesn't need to be in the movie.
0: I don't think so, man. Like, I just, like I like, the Force is kind of, like, Nobody talks
3: about the Force in this scene.
0: They don't have to be talking about it. You no one even says it. the Force even manipulates. Like, Star like Wars is all about maybe. destiny, though, right? Not in this
3: film. What are you talking about? Do they even mention that Force affects destiny in this film in any scene? Yes. When?
0: uh they don't okay look they don't no, have to say it you're applying
3: other shit to it this is stuff oh, that happened as an afterthought after right. the making of this. i part.
0: don't think so man because no, like when so luke, you think george lucas planned this luke specifically makes a choice mm-hmm. like he makes a choice to go on this journey with obi-wan to alderaan uh or stay here as a farmer like that all comes into it like that's it's all about destiny
3: it's called cool. yeah that's a, that's part of the hero's journey it's called refusal to answer the call and uh yeah that's I, okay. but but know. the but the robot breaking down like that's I don't know it, I, I just, you, you could argue it's world building or something but I, I just think it's dumb
1: I just like to think, think that R2 cool. fucking like as he was driving off R2 pulled out like a switchblade and was like he just stabbed him a lot in the back for <laughs> so quick attached. and nobody noticed I
0: don't know I just I feel like there's too many um like there's too many there's too many coincidences like it's it, like yeah, which is a sign of a bad script. I disagree. It's fucking Star Wars, dude. Like, there are there's some shitty things in here, but it's not that. Um, I I remember the restraining bolt in C-3PO. Uh, it was weird to me as a kid because, like, why does he have a massive nipple now? Like, I didn't recognize <laughs> what, what, the, what the restraining bolt was. <laughs>
2: um, That's funny.
0: So we find out that Luke's a dreamer. He's ambitious, and he wants to get off this rock. If there's a bright center to the universe, you're on the planet that it's the father's from. Um and Luke immediately preps up C3P when C three PO says uh you know that they were in the rebellion. Um then we get this uh the record,
3: I really like this scene, that's what want will say.
0: You do? I think
3: it's a great way to show Luke. I think it's a great way to yeah. it's it's the first moment of the film, I think, and it's 20 minutes in, but I think it's the first moment of the film when you have like the good characters really connecting with the main protagonist. Like you do get C three PO and R two D 2s like jibber jabber, but like this is where we start to see like our we we sort of meet our hero and we can sort of see the the building blocks coming together. Like nowadays, I think a film would, you know, want to do this a bit sooner, but like I think they do it really well here.
0: Yeah, um,
3: you're at the shit on that, aren't you? No,
0: no, no. I I I think uh, I'm just I'm just saying like I, this is the first scene to me where it just kind of I don't know. It's there, There's a lot of expositions, a lot of information, so I'm just like, uh, I don't know. Um, but you know what? I, I don't hate any of this. Like, it's fucking Star Wars to me, so. Um, this but, also sets up uh, Ben Kenobi. Right, so. exactly. Help me, everyone, Kenobi. You're my only hope. Uh, I do want to point out here, so <laughs> Luke says that she's beautiful. I mean, like, how do you know? You're basically watching 140p
1: porn. <laughs> <laughs>
2: How many other women is out there, Zoheb? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know what's amazing? It's like,
3: so in this point in time that, like, they have all these special effects and it's all about imagination. Like, George Lucas has to imagine technologies don't exist yet. Like, he kind of, in a way, imagines Wi Fi and stuff at points, and, like, you know, FaceTiming and stuff. But he just can't imagine that it could be in HD pristine quality. He's like, yeah, I think in this futuristic universe, they can fly in space and everything, and they can definitely transfer video across, but it's going to look like dog shit and it's going to be blue. Like, they just can't do color and stuff. I find that funny.
0: Well, Fisher recounted, like, that it took three days to film this hologram scene. Really? Uh, yeah. And, you know, she says the entire thing was ingrained in her head by the time they finished shooting, um, including, like, the next part of the, the thing as well. She could recite it word for word. And it is is—it is actually quite long. Um, mm. So, yeah, man. Um, R2 says he's the property of Obi-Wan Kenobi, a resident of these parts which Luke wonders if he means Old Ben Kenobi, a strange old hermit who lives beyond the Dune Sea. Uh, and Luke remo- removes R2's restraining bolt, and the message disappears before he's called away. Uh Back with uh, Uncle Owen and Opera, So Luke tells Uncle Owen about the message, telling him that he thinks R2 might have been stolen. It's like, oh, really? Like the Jawas who pulled <laughs> up in this massive sandcrawler <laughs> selling junked-up droids and refusing to lower their hoods weren't legit? <laughs> Actually,
3: here's an interesting question. Do you guys know from all your Star Wars nerdiness and experience with other stuff, what is under the hoods? We never see a hoodless Jawa, do we, in any of the films?
0: I'm not that well versed in the extended universe, so they're born
2: with it on. No, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just like uh, it's like fucking Ark of the Covenant, like it opens up and it's just like, Ugh! like melts Everyone your does. whole fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh boy. Um. So as soon as as soon as Luke mentions Obi Wan uh, and uh, his father, Owen and Art Baru share a look. By the way, this Owen guy, he does not is. Uh, Joel Edgerton does not grow up to look like this guy. <laughs> not really. No, no, no way. Um, Owen is dismissive and wants Luke to erase R2's memory, wants him to go to Anchorhead. And uh, Luke wants to go to the Academy, but Owen shuts that shit down. Um, after Luke leaves, Baru tells Owen that Luke has too much of his father in him, to which Owen says, that's what I'm afraid of. I do. I, right. I, I so do. I got
3: a question for you guys. Do you think that this scene, when they made it, do you think Lucas knew that Darth Vader was going to be the father? Do you think that's the intention here? Or is it just man. to be like, cause like, Obi, you could also say when Obi-Wan talks later, he knows like, you know, your father was a Jedi, but he was betrayed. And they do say that, um, Owen didn't really approve of him being a Jedi or Luke being a Jedi. So like, you could argue it either way, but I'm just curious. Like, do you guys think maybe he knew
1: Vader was going to be the I- dad? I think it's the power of the editing right there with the look that they shoot each other. It's just this look of like, I I don't know, it's not a look of like, oh, well, there it goes, you know, just like that crazy ass dad is. It's more like, no, this is this is bad. Like that—that—that's a mm. very bad idea. Like the like, I don't know. It's—it's it's not even such a so. It's not even like a frustrated like. No, we want you to stay here. Blah blah blah. It seems way more like a no. That <clears throat> if if you want to go and be like your dad, it'll be the death of you. Like kind of thing. And and it feels very serious to me. So I don't know. It. You're right. It's one of the few scenes that I actually think might be evidence that Lucas was onto something else. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it is that that Anakin and Vader are the same person. Yeah, sure, it is reflecting something else but maybe not something that specific. Yeah,
3: like I think he clearly he knows something that we don't. I just mm-hmm. wish we knew what George Lucas knew at the time <laughs> that he wanted to happen, you know.
0: There that are stories so out there. There are stories out there that, you know, say this and that and you know, George Lucas says something else, but yeah, like Colin, I I have to look at like you said, you use the right word, evidence. Um well, you need to look at the evidence and you need to like take into account a whole b- bunch of factors but this this I, I think this is something that does point to maybe Luke had an uh sorry Lucas it's tough cuz Luke and Lucas uh yeah. Lucas had an inkling of uh where he wanted the story to go maybe uh Danny what do you think about this
2: Uh I never even think about them having like I, I never even think about these movies being an afterthought. It's in like Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. That's never that's never even something that comes to mind. So I've never even thought about that. And I was thinking about that as you guys were discussing that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe he had, had that planned all along. I really have never thought about that before.
3: Yeah. yeah I think it could go either way. Because there is a scene later on where Obi-Wan does talk about his father. And I guess maybe that could... We both but i know that's
1: interesting <laughs> so yeah, now de- I'm t- definitely i would say now yeah, i'm God. thinking family guy where she's like luke be sure not to tell your uncle owen to tell you that darth vader is your father he's like i'm <laughs> gonna someday i'm gonna get off this planet she's like now come down here and have some blue milk
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man and then uh, the next scene is one of my favorite sequences of all time in any film man. it's pretty incredible the iconic dual sons theme playing john Williams awesome score love the way it pipes up and uh it's just a you know no dialogue but he's looking out at these sons wondering if there's more out there man like if there's more more to life than just this uh you know
3: there's no dialogue but you just know what the filmmakers want to say it's just it's just like there's there's no dialogue but it's still saying something you know Wait, it's really great
0: could it be a shit script I'm just poking you. It's very obvious, the uh, music I know. I know, I'm just poking you. It's very obvious. Yeah, fucking awesome, dude. But I, again, Blue, Blue Harvest has to be referenced here, because like, <laughs> you, know, you pan over to the left, and it's like, ladies and gentlemen, John Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, it's too like... So- uh,
1: there's two sons okay. and no women here. What the hell am I supposed to do?
0: <laughs> and I can't remember if it's that specific sequence in Blue Harvest when it's like, oh, we don't have, we don't have uh, John Williams. We have to take Danny Elfman. Oh. <laughs> um, so three PO immediately rats out R two, like straight away. Like he's a little no, bitch that dude. There's no delay. He's just like, well, this is what happened.
3: Also, looking slightly sinister in the in the dark, and his glowing eyes
1: there.
0: Yeah. yeah. That shot, yeah, that shot was always weird to me. Uh, he, like,
1: <sighs> he, like, hisses at him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he turns the light on, yeah. Uh, Uncle, Uncle Owen uh, looks for Luke, but, uh, but like, why are you looking for him if you ordered him to take uh, R2 to Anchorhead? That's my thing. He's like, first thing in the morning, you go to Anchorhead and you get that R2 memories uh, memories replaced. So, I don't,
3: oh, I don't because, know. Wait, what do you mean, why are you looking for him? It's because R2's trying to find
0: Owen. Oh no, sorry, no. Uh, Kenobi. Owen is looking for Luke and he's like, Luke, Luke, like why are you uh, why are you looking for him? Oh. That's my question. Oh.
4: Uh, like
3: this would be a scheduling sh- I don't know.
0: <laughs> scheduling? <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe he wasn't at dinner.
3: He was meant to have dinner first. No, I- oh sorry,
0: breakfast. Fuck off with know. that shit, dude. I don't I don't know. <laughs> Uh, this set at Tunisia was designed by John Barry, uh, who was inspired by actual locations in Tunisia. Um, this, this set, actually, you know, when when uh, Uncle Owen's looking for him, how fantastic does this look? Like with the, the, the little caves and shit?
1: They said that Pretty. there were these horrible storms that came through blew the entire set down and their crew rebuilt it in 48 hours with two teams working 24 hour shifts oh, I was like, my god, god damn dude talk the good thing you're wow. good thing you're in a foreign country dude you're not fucking pulling that shit in the u.s
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but still i'm sure like you know even being in a foreign country that that brings its own set of set of challenges right
1: yeah, well, it, what was funny is they were, you know, they got some some vehicle of theirs stuck in the mud because you know they were, they were in like a lake or something. So they get a bigger truck to come through and pull that out. It gets stuck. They get the Tunisian army to bring a tank to pull both of them out, and it gets stuck. And they were like, "We what? have to sit there and let the lake dry up for two weeks before we can get any of these fucking vehicles out."
0: Wow,
1: that's incredible, yeah, fucking crazy. Man.
0: Uh, Luke and 3PO speed towards a signal. Uh, meanwhile, they're being hunted by Tuscan raiders—not from Tuscany, by the way. Just wanted to put that out there. Who
3: everyone <laughs> refers to as sand people, and which begs the question—that's um, racist. Are they racist? <laughs> like, they're totally racist to sand people. Shit, like, everything the sh- they have to say about them is very mean. Like, like you see some bullet holes. Oh no, they can't be by the sand people. They never have good accuracy. It's like, wow, dude, assume much?
1: Dude, yeah, you well, oh, oh, him. Well, I was going to say, you're lucky we're in the South. It's usually not sand people, it's usually something, <laughs> something way, way worse. Yeah.
0: Well, I said Tuscan Raiders, not to be confused with Tuscany, because can you imagine like a bunch of pissed off Italians <laughs> <here>? <laughs>
3: Um Yeah, man, it, it's funny. But I, I, I guess like they always do come across as jerks. You never see a nice and polite. Tusken Raider in this film. Like you might know, see a guy, just a uh, Tuscan Raider with his kid holding his hand, buying him a toy from the supermarket. They're always trying to murder somebody for some reason.
0: Yeah, these, these Raiders, man, they haunted my dreams. Like, the sound design for them especially. Yeah. Uh, I can't do it. Do you know what the, what that sound is? What is it? So, Ben Burt talked about um, taking the sound of the mules that carried their camera equipment and using them for the Raiders.
4: What? Yeah,
0: they, it's like slowed down donkey noises. Damn. Oh, I see that. Okay. Yeah. Wild. Um, so they find R2 and uh, you know, they get ambushed by this guy, and Luke is found by Obi-Wan. Uh the sound of him coming over the ridge to to scare the raiders is actually changed. Uh like one of those weird, unnecessary changes that didn't really need to be changed for the special editions. Um mm-hmm. is weird. And, and like, you know, they hide like they added this like rock that's in front of uh that's in front of yeah. R2. It's like completely CG. Like so it's just he looks like,
3: like he's hiding. Yeah. At, uh, but yeah.
0: it's also like, how did he get there? <laughs> the jungle the wastes are not to be traveled lightly. Um, but I do love this idea of this old like Jedi master who's been hiding or living here um, in exile for like waiting for like a, either A, to die or B, a resurgence. It's mm. fantastic.
3: Um, mm-hmm. Without getting to the uh, ear too much, there is an amazing scene from Star Wars Rebels where, um, uh, in in that canon, Darth Maul didn't die. He goes whatever, and he's been hunting down to get revenge on Obi Wan, and he comes to Tatooine where Obi Wan's an old man, and like Maul's like, "What have you been doing here all this time? Like, why are you here?" He's like, "Wait, you must be like protecting someone." And then Obi Wan realizes Maul's sort of figured out oh, uh, Alex here, and then it's like this, it's just like. Awesome, death like fights or oh, death scene moment. It's cool. s- such a great thing from that
0: cartoon. Danny, what do you think of uh, Obi Wan's uh, entrance here?
2: Um, I really, really like Alec Guinness. Um, I didn't get to watch really a lot of his filmography, but I always knew him from the trilogy, of course. Um, there's somebody that turned me on to the movie called Lawrence of Arabia. It is so fucking long. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'd recommend everybody to go watch it, but I, so I watched it in like little snippets. I probably watch like 45 minutes, of, uh, you know, like every time I could put it on. And uh, he's amazing in that. And it really solidified rewatching this recently and just being like, God, man, he is so awesome. He is somebody that takes over the screen. I think every time because he has such a great delivery of like lines that he's just to me like the most talented person, like period, on this whole staff, uh, cast. Um, and I like I hate that they kind of kill him off a little early in this, but. Um, I like that they find a way to bring him back because some of my favorite talking oh. moments in the other movies is his monologues. Uh cool. like talking to Luke about certain stuff. So, Do you know why um, they killed him off? Uh, uh, I don't. He hated working on this movie. Didn't. Uh, exactly. He
0: yeah. absol-
3: He thought it was for children. <laughs> he thought it was beneath him. Apparently it was very difficult to work with.
1: Um, I've actually, I've got something, if you don't mind me interrupting you, Matt, <clears throat> I've got this article house. pulled up here. Um, uh, Sorry. He begged Lucas to kill Ben Kenobi off for good, later confessing, I just couldn't go on speaking those bloody awful lines. I'd had enough of the mumbo jumbo. He returned all Star Wars related fan mail unopened. Like, damn, dude. Like, damn. I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong, dude. I, I understand at the time this is unprecedented. It's kind of guilty. You're kind of being a fucking dick. Man, like to be completely <laughs> honest, like if if it wasn't for Star Wars, no one would, nobody RH know who the fuck Alec Guinness is. To be com- yeah,
0: completely that's honest, that's hundred percent true. Yeah, and I do, um, and
1: it, I, I'm just saying, like, I know you didn't have a great time on it, but don't talk shit about it, dude. That's and it's just unprofessional. Like Matt, how would you feel if you, if somebody you were in later on was just like, oh, I just hated doing that; it was so shitty, blah blah blah. It's like, dude, come the fuck on, man, be fucking professional about it.
3: Yeah, like. In I don't want to defend him too much, but in his defense, he wasn't the only one, apparently, who wasn't really um have with a lot of a lot of faith in the project. Apparently a lot of the crew didn't take it seriously too much and stuff like that as well. Mm -hmm. Um and maybe in his mind, like he thought his like reputation was like sort of being damaged by it. But what I'm curious and I don't know I don't know if you know any about this, because I don't, but like after the success of the first Star Wars, he did come back for the sequels in the some capacity, and it wasn't like the Industry now, when you're locked in for movie contracts for like multiple films, like he must have like changed his tune a little bit, right, or do you reckon he didn't
1: no actually this is funny i'm I'm reading another one uh this is from Entertainment Weekly by the way uh here's one more parting thought uh Guinness acknowledged in his last book that not all was initially rotten in the Empire. Uh, 20 years ago when it was first shown, uh, Star Wars. This is his quote. 20 years ago when it was first shown, Star Wars had a freshness, also a sense of moral good and fun. But it has led to a worldwide taste for a fantasy world of secondhand childish banalities. Like God damn, dude! Like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah man yeah. it's uh it's wild like it, it's it's weird like because Alec Guinness is not the only actor from Star Wars to what their character killed off oh um, yeah oh. I mean <laughs> There's the, the big one the big one yeah who will get to it in a second um it's it's wild, but I guess you know with that kind of I think it's different in in the second guy's uh sort of situation because. It's a bit more iconic and the fans are a bit more rabid regarding that character, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Did you want to say his name? Uh, yeah, fuck it. It's Harrison Ford. <laughs> um, he
3: he finally got his wish. It just happened like two movies later.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Ben says that he hasn't heard the name Obi-Wan in a long time and that it's him. It's me. <laughs> uh, back at Ben's place, Ben tells Luke the half-truth about his father. Uh, that he wasn't a navigator on a space freighter, and that his uncle didn't share his father's ideals. He was the best star pilot in the galaxy, and a cunning warrior. But, I mean, yeah, I, I guess those things are true in, this, in the prequels, but his father was a bitch. I hate Anakin, I'm sorry, I just hate Anakin so much.
1: Have like, have any of you guys seen the... Uh, I'm sure you've seen this, Danny. If not, wow, what a fucking crime. Uh, it's it's before the Dark Times. It's a YouTube edit that's all put together of this stuff. Have, have any of you guys ever seen that?
3: No. Uh, uh, maybe?
1: Dude. What's it about? It, well, it's just this conversation. They're sitting... I'll, I'll try to make this quick. Oh, uh, um, yeah. I know it's so good. I have said it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and basically, yeah, it <sighs> starts with Luke. And, oh. Yes, and yeah. Luke's, Luke's like... Luke just goes, so you knew my father? And it cuts to to to, to Obi-Wan and he kind of like looks down at the floor and then it cuts to them on Mustafar and then fucking Anakin on fire. And he's like, yes, I knew your father once. And I was like, <laughs> and he just goes through and says that, you know, <clears throat> he's basically is telling the truth, but in a very roundabout way, he was betrayed by Darth Vader. He was destroyed by him, blah, 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 which is true to an extent, Um, which it kind of might make a little bit more evidence for the fact that he knew that. That Anakin was going to be Vader, you know. It's it's kind of uh, it's kind of weird that because originally in the script for Empire Strikes Back, it was uh you know he told me enough. He told me you killed him. Uh, he goes no. Uh, you know, uh Obi Wan is the one who killed your father, and that was like the big secret on set. So I think that they if that was if that was the original plan. Then in A New Hope, it really wouldn't make any sense for him to actually like he was betrayed by a guy with this specific name. Like he wouldn't have to say the specific name unless Mm -hmm. it was going to become something to refer to later. So I think I don't know. It might be a little bit more evidence there in favor of that. But it's called Before the Dark Times. My friend Clay, good friend of the show, good friend of mine, got me onto it. And it's one of my favorite YouTube videos ever. It's awesome.
2: And I, I think you're the one that showed me that. I have seen that. It's really good. Okay. good, good, good.
0: So Ben gives Luke the lightsaber, and contrary to the popular meme, no, he doesn't point it at his face. Uh, that is a uh, behind-the-scenes photo. I don't know if you guys <laughs> seen that. If you guys know it's like know you're a, about immediately it. pointed at his face. Yeah, no,
4: no.
0: Um, And I love that they <laughs> three- also mentioned the Clone Wars. Yeah, they mentioned the Clone Wars. Um, this is this is soon, uh, but like first, like three PO just like pieces out.
3: <laughs> it's like Yeah, he goes. Oh, would you like me to terminate? Okay, and just turn himself off. <laughs> he never does that again. in Any other films? It's, it's
2: a weird. Maybe the actor just didn't want to work that day. Oh, well, well, you, know, you know, know what it was. Anthony Daniels. Can you just improv your cut-ins here? And he was like, "Yep, yeah, just roll Well, you know what it was. <laughs> what? Kind
0: of like a. Uh, I mean, because technically, three PO should remember Anakin.
2: Their memories get blanked at the end of the third one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did do that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, dead, yeah. Oh, but, fuck! Okay. But like,
3: but like, if anything, it should be why doesn't Obi Wan remember them? Or, yeah, unless right, he's exactly. lying when he says he never owned a droid or whatever. Yeah. yeah,
4: like
3: that's the that's the bigger thing. But like, it's also like, I don't give a shit. Let it slide.
0: <sighs> yeah uh ben tells luke about vader a jedi that hunted down and destroyed the jedi knights who betrayed and murdered his father ben manages to get rest of the messages uh, the rest of the message out to, out of r uh which i'm not going to read here um you heard that at the start but i mean pretty iconic pretty awesome sets the stake for the uh the stakes for the entire movie uh and basically tells you pretty much what the mission is right like this this is where it all begins
1: it's
3: also one of my favorite scenes in this film I think.
0: yeah absolutely
1: mm-hmm. it's excellent
0: um uh, and imagine being, like, in Luke's shoes at the moment. Like, you, you've you got, like, General Obi-Wan, like, you know, sorry, General Kenobi, and then you've got, oh, you must go to Alderaan. Like, this shit just went from zero to 100 in, like, 30 seconds.
3: <laughs> Quick side question. In all, of all the Star Wars films, do we ever see what Alderaan looks like? No.
0: Nah, uh, uh, yes, we do, actually. Because Leia gets delivered there at the end of uh, episode oh, 3. So we, but so yeah. ins-
3: okay, we see it briefly, yeah. Yeah,
0: very briefly. Uh, ben mentions that he's getting too old for this sort of thing, but it's like, come on, you had his 800 years old. Like, he can... Uh, too old for this shit. He can do something, right? <laughs> um, and this is the pivotal choice, the struggle between the commitment to his uncle and the commitment to what would become his destiny. Fucking awesome, dude. Love it. Cut to the Death Star... Fucking awesome visual, man, like, oh, the now iconic Death Star, um, but board meetings, yay!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Nazi board meetings, dude, look at these fucking guys, man, come on!
0: Dude, stormtroopers, and, yeah, the fucking, this shit might might as well be designed by Hugo Boss, who designed the fucking Nazi shit, like,
1: well, dude, I it's, mean, <clears throat> Peter Cushing's basically fucking Heinrich Himmler, dude. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, like looking at him is like, I mean, for one, I, I guess, I mean, if if we don't mind like jumping right into a fucking Peter Cushing, yeah, is, is amazing, yeah. dude. And what sucks is the fact that I think if they realized how how much of a fan favorite that he would become, that I I don't think George Lucas would have killed him off. And he said the same thing about Darth Maul and Phantom Menace. He was like man had i known what was going to happen i never would have fucking killed him off cuz they had to kind of retroactively bring him back in star wars rebels and stuff and even later on in other stuff um and i i i love the scene i love the the way that this looks um i don't i think that the way the i think the empire looks best in empire strikes back and it's mostly due to lighting Uh, It's the way that stuff is lit, but some of this stuff just looks incredible, and it, it just really shows you, like, that's what pisses me off about George Lucas sometimes. It's like, dude, you just, you have great sensibilities, and you have a great eye, but God, dude, you have to have someone to reel you the fuck back in. And scenes like this just really make that stick and burn for me, dude. I'm like, God damn it.
0: I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, I just think Irvin Kirshner is just a better all round director. Um, I mean,
1: Robocop 2, yeah. come on, man.
0: Yeah, what a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> masterpiece of shit. But how crazy is it that, um, you know, Vader is not the big bad here. Vader's more of a lackey. Um, it's, he's a muscle. Well, a yeah, muscle. Yeah, he's a
3: muscle. I was the thing I liked most about, one of the things I liked most about Rogue One is when I sort of got to see the relationship between. Vader and like some of the other military people. And you can see how even Vader had to politically sort of do his moves politically within the system of the Empire as well. Um, and you and I could see how where they got the influence from that from in this scene. Cause but in this point, like Vader's just pissed off. It's like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Um and I also think it's kind of crazy how after all this faith they've had in Vader and everything, this is the first time they're kind of seeing him use the force. Right, seems to be.
0: Well, I, I don't think so. I. I disagree with that. It's like because they they don't make it seem. No, no, no. One of them
3: says he's like, "Oh, this faith in your ancient wisdom, yeah, religion. It can't do this. It can't do that." He starts doing all that stuff, and that's when he chokes him.
0: Yeah, I mean, like a choke is different than I guess destroying the rebels. Like, I mean, that's there's there's a difference a difference there. I think that's what he's getting at.
3: I guess. If my only power was I could choke someone yeah. from far away. <laughs> right. They'd be like, how are you going to defeat a whole yeah, army right. with that?
0: But I, like, I, like like, as you're, as you're hinting here, I do like that there's this separation um, of the military aspect of the Empire and then you've got Vader who's more of a relig- religious or mystical sort of entity. Um, like that, that was always cool to me. Like I like that the muscle is this thing that we don't fully understand or that's something that's just kind of like really out there.
1: Love that. Well, and I think I think it also shows you that Vader, A, Vader's not the one in charge, but he, and I don't want to go too far down this, uh, Vader is also a victim. He's a victim of circumstance himself. He is a victim of letting people tell him constantly what to do like he is always being told go here go there do this destroy that mm. stop this like he is constantly a fucking pawn for everybody i mean obviously it's it's what 99% of it's the fucking the empire but then even then you watch the prequels and he is nothing but a pawn for them. Like they don't ever respect him, even though he's supposed to be this incredibly powerful person. Um, and I know that he's rash and he's impatient and he's young. I expect that from him. I don't expect that from a galactic council to just be like, yeah, whatever, you breastfed baby back bitch. Like we'll get to you in a minute. But they well, like he is always a like almost used as a plot device to both of those groups. And it's like he he never makes... Not until uh, Return of the Jedi, does he finally make a decision, like very few times the decisions that he makes lead to just absolute tragedy until the end of Return of the Jedi. And it's like, dude, I mean, finally, he makes a decision that's like, no, this is my and this is my moment. It's it's time to break the cycle. And I think that's the point is that he's constantly been in the cycle of being the muscle and being told what to do. And when he finally breaks that, that's where our story can kind of end and, and end in a nice way.
3: Yeah, he does have a good character arc in that sense, and something I think you would appreciate, man, is with the new movies, um, the character of Kylo Ren. Like he also, um, like he has like he kind of has a rival within the Empire, um, who's like a general or something, and like they sort of are competing heads. General Hux, yeah, yeah, General Hux, um, to get like the approval Hmm. of Snoke. And what's interesting with him is the my interpretation of the character of Kylo ren is he's kind of like everything anakin was supposed to be in the prequels except better written uh he's probably the most three-dimensional character in all the star wars films and like um he's this very like he's he's got a lot of power but he's young and he unlike vader he doesn't know fully how to use it and so what's interesting about that character is like he'll get really angry and he'll end up having this temper tantrum, like a man child sometimes but that's That way of sort of showing how the anger is taken over him and why the dark side is so strong in this character. I think you'd really enjoy that, man.
1: I definitely agree. Um, I need to watch it, dude. I will. I'll definitely, especially after recording this.
0: You totally do. So Vader gets dissed and we see the four stroke, which, like you said, it's awesome. Uh, And we get the iconic line I find your lack of faith disturbing. Uh, Dude, by the way, the sound of the neck crush is made by putting some walnut shells in a grapefruit rind and then crushing the whole thing.
4: Wow. <laughs>
0: wow. I just man, like Ben Burt just has so many crazy, like weird stories there in the commentary. I highly recommend it. Check it out. It's it's awesome. Um Back at the Jar with Sandcrawler, the guys investigate the absolute insanity of dead jowers. Um so I guess like the troopers finally hit their marks. Um <laughs> uh, but this is like weird. Like th- how about this fucking like line of dialogue? Everyone tells that them that the sand people always write single file to hide their numbers. These blast points are too accurate for sand people. Like I said before, man, racist. If hold on, racist. If 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 these are too accurate for sand people, meaning that the stormtroopers like fi like blast points are accurate, which is already wild. How fucked up do you think the aim of the sand people are? <laughs> <laughs> He's
3: like, uh, I gotta come in here for a second. I gotta defend oh, the stormtroopers. It is Came a one-hour map. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> i i think it's i i think it's really bullshit and dumb how people have this ongoing meme and perception that stormtroopers are bad at shooting you have stuff like sure like if they shot luke the film would be over It'd be done like it's a plot thing but like the they do kill things in the like like in this scene for example and actually that's something i want to say what i like about the new movie so much is like the stormtroopers actually feel threatening they are something to be feared. And um, sure, they do clumsy stuff like bang their head against the roof <laughs> later on.
0: Get killed <laughs> by AWOX.
3: Yeah. Um, shit like that. But like, they are minions. They're meant to be there. But like, I think you're meant, they're not written to be like, oh, we're okay. Like, you're meant to fear the stormtroopers. But that could be coming down to like maybe bad directing or bad writing.
0: I agree. I think that's what it is. Like, it's, it's just, I think it's bad. Directing more than anything, because we're meant to scare, be scared
3: of them. Like they're yeah. called stormtroopers. That comes from Nazi Germany, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. It does. I mean, uh, I mean, like my my big my big moment is when they're uh, just about to jump into the trash compactor, and it's literally a straight tunnel, and they can't yeah. shoot it. Like I mean, come on, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dumb. I mean, that's fucking <laughs> stupid. Um, Luke heads home, and goddamn, does he come across some shit, man. This is wild, like. This is so dark. Like the, I don't need charred skeletal skeletal remains of the aunt and uncle. Like I, I think that was a, a bit too far.
1: Well, now I can hear a fucking like case file episode out of this like <laughs> Like I can, I can so hear. I can so hear fucking like when Luke returned, they found the skeletal remains left or all Like I could, I could like dun, that dun, guy's dun, voice isn't. It was a coronial
0: in a... inquest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That guy's voice is burned into my head. Danny, if you haven't checked out Case File, I would check that show. That, that is a very good podcast. Anybody listening as well, is a very good fucking podcast. Oh, have got me turned on to?
3: Hey, so question. If the government and the empire exist, the empire is like an element within it. Like, have they? is this illegal? They just killed like these like, police dudes or whatever to straight up like kill this old couple.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, like that's the dictatorship. That's the dictatorship that they're living under, I guess, right?
1: Well, I guess but, technically they could be like, well, you were in possession of rebels that contain plans to one of our, you know, structures or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, he, I mean, I think it's just as easy point. for them to go, you're a spy, you're a spy, you're a spy, and just shoot people. And, I mean, what are you going to, who watches the watchman? You're the one who's in charge. Who's going to wrap your knuckles, you know?
0: Right, good exactly. Good point, yeah. Um, but I, I do love here, like, Luke kind of forces himself to look Like, he looks away and then he looks back up again and then you get that epic sort of, like, back shot of him, like, staring at him. Love it. Uh, And then uh, Vader torches Leia. Uh, By the way, this set design is incredible. Um, This is kind of, like, our first really... Like, this is the, the color palette of Empire Strikes Back, this red and blue sort of hues mm. that comes into it later um, that Irvin Kircher really knows how to shoot. Um, and Fisher talks about how Prowse had this h- hilarious, like sort of like Dorset British accent that she just couldn't take seriously in situations like these. Um, uh, you know what I
3: can't take seriously? This fucking droid with the syringe.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's so Because
3: sp- everything's so like, ooh, sci-fi, fancy, and here's something from today's world. Like, Give me like a robot syringe or something. It just seems so dumb. Like it may as well be holding like a baguette, yeah, <laughs> something like a, a stick of broccoli.
0: It reminds me of what we were talking about: uh, Colin in the Sin City podcast when she's like, uh, "I like he he turned his throat into a Pez dispenser." And I'm like, "That's so out of place, man."
4: <laughs>
1: it <laughs> feels, just, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, boy. for sure. I, I, I want to see like the porn like parody of this, where it's like a bunch of fucking dildos sitting, sitting out of it, like, <laughs> like just something I, ridiculous. I know I you know it's you fucking it's probably out there, been dude. Done. Yes, I'm just telling okay. you, it's been done. It has to have been I want to make porn parodies of stuff just to have something to laugh at, dude, because they can be <laughs> fucking hilarious sometimes, man. They really can be.
0: I'm yeah. not starring in those. Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, I can't go into a Star Wars episode without mentioning Kevin Smith. Man, like, like there is okay. So Zach and Mary make a porno. Here we
3: go. <laughs> Here we go. This will only take three hours, guys. Relax. <laughs> so
4: Zach, Zach,
0: Zach and Mary. Zach and Mary make a porno. Does a, like they call it star whores because they obviously have to make a porno? It's fucking fantastic. Uh, it's great. Um, where are we? Okay, so. 3PO is just tossing Java bodies into the fire. <laughs> just, did you notice this? People don't understand.
3: C3PO is a sadistic psychopath murderer. Yeah.
0: In like fact, in the apparently.
3: EU, he had this phase where he went called C3PX. Oh, fuck. And he off. had guns and stuff.
4: Fucked
0: off. I'm telling you, the EU is terrible. It's he became the bad.
1: Punisher. <laughs>
0: Pretty much. <laughs> Uh, Luke agrees to go to, with Ben to Alderaan. I want to learn the ways of the fourth and b- Force and become a Jedi like my father. And uh, Mos Eisley Spaceport, you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. I don't know if you've seen him, Matt, but like our local area here, Mount Druid, just had like a photo of it and it was like <laughs> uh, like the meme. It was just like <laughs> with those those lines. It was fantastic. Amazing. Um, And this is where the CG gets wild. Like yeah. this is where that shit goes insane, man. Um, the commentary says that this was sort of like a test for the prequels to see if they had the technology and whether it was um, affordable to make these bigger shots with more creatures. And I'm like, George, listen here, man, you don't. <laughs> like, that that <laughs> this test didn't work, dude. <laughs> uh, like this piece of shit that blocks the entire goddamn screen.
3: Wait, which which
0: one? The do back this, this? Oh, that, yeah. It okay. blocks the entire screen. Like we can't see anything.
1: Well, Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it completely blocks your fucking shot. It's like it's insane that, man. I get it. You want to show off some of this stuff. I, 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 to- I totally understand. And like, I'm actually not against him going back and touching up something that, like, dude. You know how many times I've listened to a podcast of ours and it was like fuck, like, dude, I should have said that. Like, fuck, I should have said yeah. this. Why didn't I fucking think about this? But I don't go back and say it and make Zoheb edit it back in like some fucking cunt. Like, dude, <laughs> like, like it's it's just crazy. Well, especially like if it were something like one or two things that I was really embarrassed about or, dude, no, I said this wrong. Please, can we go back and change this? It's something different if it's, if it's like relatively close by. But when it's something like, no, I'm going to go back 30 or 40 fucking years later and change this. I'm like, Dude, you're out of your goddamn mind, and to the extent that you do it, it's like I, I I don't know. It's just it's just kind of like it's like the kid who throws a house party and like half the shit's broken in the house, and he replaces it and hopes his parents don't notice. I'm like, dude, like what the fuck is going on? Like that's a, it's so random. It's it's too much, and it it's it's too little quality, and 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 too much everywhere.
0: It's so distracting, uh, da- Danny. What do you think about the AJ in this in this sort of section here, man? Like it's. It's so like for me, it's just distracting as fuck.
2: Yeah, I started trailing off thinking about, yeah, just how crazy some of that CG and a lot of the CGI that they added in with some of the special editions, I ended up not really getting an original copy that I got to watch whenever people talk about like the original, original untouched version of it. Um but so the ones that I saw had a lot of CGI, so then whenever I ended up did go back and seeing one that was a little more original, I was like, some of these scenes feel empty and not as crowded and a lot better. Um, and so it's like it's very distracting it's like totally. i think about I, I, like it makes me think about the whole movie whenever i see just one piece of it that has some of that cgi in it. Mm-hmm. i'm like God, oh, it's just too much totally and there is a moment where i'll talk about soon
0: that's um just encapsulates just how unnecessary it is you know uh but we get the uh these aren't the droids you're looking for scene the iconic scene
3: i uh, would argue of all the scenes that show the force in this movie this is Probably the best.
0: This is one of my most favorite, for sure, because it's so subtle. It's great. Yeah. Uh, but I do like how the troopers are so dirty and grimy. Like, it just it just makes the world feel so much more lived in. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, it probably could have been by accident. You know, they did say, like you said, uh, Colin, the sandstorms and all that shit. So maybe they just weren't able to protect the sets uh, as well as they, they hoped. But it just looks so lived in. I love it. Yeah, that's good. It's realistic. Uh, so we're in the cantina.
4: Man, the canteen. <laughs> yeah,
0: man. That, that awesome band with the uh, music.
3: I'm playing jizz music. Jizz That's, music? That is canon. That type of music is a genre of music that exists in the Star Wars universe called jizz. J-I-Z-Z. Wow. Jizz is canon in Star Wars. All right. <laughs>
1: I love uh, I think it's actually in Blue Harvest they're like hey thanks guys we're the Cantina Band anybody got any requests play that same song they're like alright here we go I
2: right, think it's Conan O'Brien oh <laughs> so, is it really That's awesome. I think that is yeah
1: oh fucking I love Conan O'Brien
2: Um,
0: but yeah the, the creature effects are outstanding man like it's just it's it's just like a look at what we can do like you know there's a lot of this in this movie but I, I dig it uh, and it turns out this is a very discriminatory bar because goddamn C-3PO and R2 have to wait outside. Um, and you know what? There's no Racist gra- to robots. Totally. But there's no greater way to get a bartender's attention than by just aggressively tugging the back of his shirt when he's walking <laughs> the other way, right?
4: <laughs>
0: it's like, hey, can I get a drink? Let me just tug on your fucking shirt. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, like like you said, Matt, they're stuck in any mask they could find for this scene, according to Ben but, Um Quote, you even see a devil mask in there. It yeah. doesn't doesn't make any sense, but it textures the movie.
3: <laughs> um you also get the guys like the Oh, this is my friend. He doesn't oh, like you. Yeah. Okay. I don't like you either.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I have a whole oh. thing here about these two, man. <laughs> um but yeah, like before we get those, we get Ben conversing uh with Chewy. I mean again, no, no introduction needed, right? Like it's nothing epic. It's just he's just there talking to him at the bar. Yeah, you
3: don't even know he's uh, going to be important, Mike. right? Exactly.
0: But these two assholes. Um. Again, I took took a little dive again into the internet, the uh, the yeah. bowels of the shit the shit show. They also had
3: a cameo in. Was it Rogue One?
0: Rogue One. Yeah. yeah. So Doctor Cornelius Avazan Oh God, was a human male from the planet. Alcican, who was promising <laughs> cosmetic surgeon, who, who was a promising cosmetic surgeon until he became gripped by the madness and began practicing, quote, creative surgery on his patients, leaving his victims horrifically disfigured. During an encounter with a bounty hunter, which left his face hideously scarred, the Achilles thug Ponda Baba rescued Evazan, Evazan. Who's the other guy? So it's those two. Following which, the two formed an uneasy partnership. While working as the personal doctor of Dryden Voss from Solo. This is, this is yawn inducing, but this is like, uh, honestly, is this, this, canon? This, this is canon. Yeah. Oh God. Evezan Jesus created, Christ. Evazan created an order of servants known as the decret Decrenate, whatever. Wanted man, he assumed the alias of Rufu, <laughs> while Baba <laughs> became known as Sorky. And after committing a rash of crimes on Milvain, Evazan was nicknamed the mutilator of Milvain. (laughs) That's
3: that's (laughs) a thing. Like, Star Wars is all this stuff for you. In fact, the best example I can think of is, okay, one of them is, I remember I owned this comic book, Star Wars comic book, around the time uh, episode one came out. And they had this, some competition, right? And there was a, a two-parade spread and there's a big photo of a crowd during the pod racing scene from episode one. And they found some random extra who was in some alien mask. drew a circle around him and go, what's this guy's story? Pitch us what you think his name and story is and we'll make it into a comic book and make it canon. Oh. It's like, you just now you're letting fans that this is bullshit. And I even had this like Star Wars episode one Phantom Menace like uh, expanding book. And you might remember in like the opening scene, there's like a silver... C three PO. That a whole page dedicated to him. Go. This is TC fourteen. Here are his like abilities. Here's how he's different to C three PO. And it's like you don't need to give every extra a twenty minute backstory. Mm, um, and agree. and Star Wars is so guilty of that. And like every shot of every movie, you'll have like a hundred extras, and each one will have like a story behind
0: it's it. It's just an example of a property that's just taken a life of its own, right? Um. But we get the first of many limb removals of the Star Wars series. It's weird that there's blood. Very weird that there's blood.
4: Mm. Um. Mm-hmm.
0: So, and just like that, one of the most iconic characters ever put to film just slides onto a stool in the container and introduces himself. Han Solo, I'm the captain of the Millennium Falcon. Um. Uh, man, Ford is just so casual, right? It's just, just, it's like he was here the entire time. Harrison Ford is so charismatic.
3: Um. What do you guys think of Han Solo in general?
1: Well, I do. My thing is, like, honestly, my first introduction was not really, like, Harrison Ford was not really Han Solo. Like, I remember him from George Lucas's first movie called American Graffiti. Have any of you guys ever seen American Graffiti?
2: No, I I saw it much much later in high school. I didn't even know that that was the thing he did until I saw Harrison Ford and, and then his name attached to it. All I really know is that movie is why this got funded,
3: I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but like, I kind of am curious to see it. I know it's very different.
1: It's very good. My brother was obsessed with it when we were kids. He still is. It's one of his favorite movies. Um, It's where the um, it's it's where the Lucas, you know, um, Ford kind of relationship got started because I think uh, Ford was a carpenter on the set and they asked him just to come read some lines and they liked him so much they're like, "Hey, we want you to act in And he's like. Well, I mean that's cool, but like, does it pay more? And like, that's all he fucking cared about was like, if it paid more. And they're like, yeah, sure, we'll pay you more than being a carpenter. Fuck it. Um, wow. So I like, I, and I'm not gonna lie, I I like him as Han Solo, but I do think people just act like he's the end all be all of like the coolest Star Wars character ever. I'm like, he's kind of cool. I mean, he's he's a cool character, but like, he's not like fucking Boba Fett cool, you know? Like 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 Boba Fett is just this like. To me, the epitome of a cool star wars character, just this dude who says nothing he doesn't he he says almost nothing and he's just always like at, ready at the hip to shoot and he's like whereas like Han always has to make a joke or be a smart ass or or you know he's a very ego driven like kind of character um and i and I don't mind that he's actually a really good like contrast to um like he's he's a really good contrast to someone like like Luke and all these people who are just like, yeah, and he's like, no, nah, fuck this. This is really stupid. Um, well, but I like him. I like him in that sense, though.
3: I've actually thought about this myself, and I think it ties into a a conversation we had on the After Party the other day um, regarding right, X-Men. But the reason Harrison Ford, uh, I think, sorry, Han Solo works so well is um, a lot of people, they don't love the the goody two-shoes main character, like someone like Luke. Um, so, And Han Solo is really the only, like, main hero character who's very, like, aggressive and assertive and always trying to push forward and stuff. So I think that's why, like, it's like what we were talking about in the After Party, like, we're talking about the X-Men comics, like, Cyclops is generally the leader, Wolverine's kind of like the badass, but it's like that in the movies or the Ninja Turtles. It's like people like Raphael more, Han Solo, than Leonardo, Luke. Um, I think that's how just a lot of fans gravitate, but you need someone like Luke to make Han Solo look cool, you know?
0: Uh, Colin, I think I'm the I'm the opposite to you, actually. Um, I can't see why everyone loves Boba, but <laughs> since but, he does nothing. But I love I love Han Solo, dude. Um like num- A, he's like the counterpoint to Luke. Uh like you've got this dreamer kid who's ambitious as shit, and then you've got this guy who's seen it all and he's just so cynical. Like I love this like kind of like mirror image. Um, and that's taking away you know, like that's that's besides um the whole charismatic uh performance of 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 of, ha- of uh fucking Harrison Ford, man, like just being here like like he's been here since the movie began. Um This is a great opportunity to talk
3: about the most important Star Wars question. Who shot first and why do we like it that way? Let's let's go around all between all four of us. So Han was um,
0: the only one to shoot.
3: So Han right. shot he just shot him? Yep.
1: Uh, Colin. Well, I mean, from from what I saw as a kid, because that's the only thing that I know is the abomination, Frankenstein, abortion, baby monster that fucking <laughs> Lucas has made. Um, obviously, you know, it's a Greedo, but I mean, in the fr- if you want to go original context, it's Han.
3: And Denny, original is Han. I found out later in life. Right, but what do you think's better? If you had to choose between one or the other, make that canon.
2: Hard. Han, 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 Han shooting first It's part I'm, of his I'm, kind of scummy part of his personality. Yeah. And it's clumsy that Greedo missed if he's the one that Jabba sent after him. That's just stupid. Right.
0: Yeah. And Han's the only one to shoot. Like, there's no second shot from Greedo, I think. Uh, I feel like, yeah, it's
3: like, I understand why George Lucas wanted to make that change. Like, he wanted him to be more heroic and blah, blah, blah. But like, as you as you mentioned, bro, you know, it does add to how scummy he is as a character. And um I, I I get why George Lucas did that, but like it the way it's Frankenstein together is so weird and gross. Um Yeah. But let's move on.
0: We get um so during their first meeting, Han uh Han, Obi-Wan, and Luke come to this understanding that, you know, uh fuck it, Han's trying to sell him. Fast ship. made the castle run in less than twelve parsecs. Uh, basically, you know, we find out that Han's got some, uh, financial issues. This could really save my neck. Um, and then we get the scene that, uh, Matt, you just mentioned over my dead body. Shoots Greedo. Uh, and back on the Death Star, Tarkin suggests that Leia will be more susceptible to a different form of persuasion, which is ominous as shit.
1: Um. Yeah, it feels a little rapey. Yeah, (laughs) it's, it's, it's definitely some like (laughs) dungeon master type shit.
0: Hey, I'm down for that. I'll pass.
1: I don't have armor over there.
0: It's a hard pass. Back in Moss Isley, the stormtroopers try and locate the squad. Uh, there's a moment here where 3PO and R2 hide behind a door and R2 locks it. And the troopers knock like three times before moving on. Like, this is a really thorough and precise search that so they are carrying out. I just want to know. <laughs> Can't go past that. And uh, Luke sells his speeder as he and Obi-Wan are followed by a guy who has a giant black dong hanging from his face. Like that giant black dick. <laughs> uh, and then we get the worst, the worst added sequence in the special edition. Skip it. I do
1: skip <laughs> it. For real, fuck I was Are shit. we talking
3: about the Jabba scene? Yeah, man. That's no, all no, I'm saying. No. Fuck,
0: fuck no. You said know that
1: was originally filmed with an
0: actor? Yeah, I know. Uh, th- this is all here, but I'm just going to skip it, man. Oh, fuck this thing. I was, uh, dude,
1: I was thinking the same thing. I was like,
0: ugh. Yeah, yeah. Like, just just spoiling spoiling Jabba, spoiling the Falcon reveal, too. Fuck that. Um, Nigerian penis nose calls, uh, <laughs> <What>? stormtroopers. <laughs> okay. I wrote Nigerian penis nose guy calls the stormtroopers because that's what he is. Uh, what a piece of junk. Always love that that delivery man from Luke. Like, just, just turns a corner. <laughs> no filter, no fucks given. Uh, Shoot out in shoes. I always love the shot of the Falcon taking off. Um... And they're followed by two Imperial Cruisers. This is all epic, by the way, man. It's pure magic. Mm -hmm. Traveling through hyperspace, I like Dusty Crops, boy. But to be fair, man, Luke is kind of annoying here. Like (laughs) fucking, what's that flashing? To to
1: be
3: fair, Luke is kind of annoying in almost every scene.
1: Yes. Yeah. I was about to say the same thing. I was about to go to touch chase and pick up some power converters.
3: Power
0: converters. For me, it's like highlighted right here though. Like it's like, what's that flashing? Just fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, they make the jump to lightspeed. Um, and then we get the Alderaan destruction sequence. So I recognize your foul stench when I was bored on board. Man, I she's she gives, she gives no fucks, right? Like, she's just so, so strong. But, man, the destruction of Alderaan is insane. Like, the power of this station is crazy. Like, I it, I remember it was, like, tough to wrap my head around as a kid, man. Like, I was just like, jeez, they just blew up a planet. I, I want to quickly mention
3: something. Um, uh, any of you guys familiar with the series on YouTube um, called, like, what if Star Wars Episode 1 was good, Episode 2 was good, Episode 3 by Belated Media? No. It's no, so uh. worth checking out. It's um this guy, he, he's like, hey, what if I was a script supervisor on these and what would I do to improve what's already exist? And my favorite change was in Episode 1, change the name of Naboo to Alderaan. So, like, we get to, like, meet the planet. So, when it gets destroyed later, you get more of a connection to it. And I always like. Hmm. Ever since I saw that, I like to always imagine when I watch that movie, uh, when they're blowing up Alderaan, it's actually they're blowing up Naboo. um just know, that's but it's it's, yeah. it's really good. It's a really good series. I really recommend watching it.
0: You're my fire when ready. It's so fucking British. It's like it's not fire. It's like oh, you know, look when you're when you're all well and good, just let loose. You know. Yeah. Just- <laughs> Uh, guys, we have hit the halfway point of this massive episode. (laughs) What do you guys say, uh, say about taking a break right here?
3: I really need to take a shit. I've got. my house, house, dude. I also have my own force that needs to be unleashed. Oh fuck! Thank you. Thank
4: you.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Well, Colin and Danny, you have no choice because Matt's going to take a shit in my room here. (laughs) So, uh, guys, we'll be right back with more Star Wars: A New Hope. who made it this far into the episode. Just while we're taking a quick break here, we've got a few things that we just wanted to put out there for any newcomers. Or if you're not part of our growing community, maybe this could benefit you too. Firstly, we just want to let the newbies know about our episodes and the way Midnight Double Feature currently structured. As you know, right now, you're listening to one of our feature presentations. When we started the podcast, we basically built the show around our feature presentations. These are movies that we choose to cover and basically go through everything in the movie that's worth talking about sequentially. These episodes are generally longer and we're definitely looking at ways to to spice up our feature presentations by hopefully getting guests on. We also have our upcoming Attractions episode. Typically these come out during the week and are much more shorter than our feature presentations. These are hosted by Matt Vella and basically consist of a conversation between Matt and I about any movie news that's worth talking about, quick reviews of movies that are out of the cinema and other hijinks. Finally we have our special features. These are usually one-off special episodes that are mostly experimental and don't really have any specific definition. They could be a sit-down with a cast or crew member, a conversation between the or just a straight up different thing that might not even relate to film before I let you get back to the episode I just wanted to thank our listeners and supporters we definitely couldn't have done any of this without your guys constant support if for some reason you're not a part of our growing community head to our socials we've got two pages on Facebook Midnight Double Feature which is our main page and has our formal announcements and we also have the After Party which is where we post memes, news and teasers of what's to come on Midnight Double Feature we're also on Instagram which is at Midnight Double Feature and Twitter which is at MDF Pod you can also send us an email if we have any grievances or would like to let us know what we're doing wrong that's uh midnight double feature at gmail.com thanks again for listening guys back to the show just uh, taking a great break. We're diving right back into Star Wars uh, A New Hope and we are Freshly Freshly Squeezed! Squeezed. (laughs) Following the destruction of Alderaan, (laughs) uh, Obi-Wan has felt a great disturbance in the Force as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. Um, Of course, this is a scene where Luke trains with that weird ball thing (laughs) that comes back in The Force Awakens very briefly. Yeah, it
2: it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, and Han Someone is cynical. Someone wrote an article on Wikipedia that was really long about that droid when it showed back up in Force Awakens. we were like, yes, I'm so happy. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh, oh. got a name, too. I'm so glad
0: PHC7 came back. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad Mini Death Star
1: came back. <laughs> he was oh. so cool.
0: Um, but Han is cynical. Uh, you know, uh, what does he say? I uh, it's, not, it's, no, it's no good. It's no match for a good blaster on your side, Religions can. is no yep. match yeah, for course. a good blaster. Right. And, and this Hockey comes around in The Force weapons. Awakens,
3: man. Yeah. I, I guess in Han's defense, like, it's like saying now, it's like, all right, so we're going to go up against the entire Russian military force. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm Catholic, so I'll be all good. <laughs> 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 Sorry, man. I don't think your faith in Jesus is going to save us against the Russian Empire. Ah, oh, that's what you think. But with my faith in Jesus Christ, yeah, everything would be right. a okay.
0: Well, that's what it do is. It's like do it's you all think of
2: that here's that? Like, Han solo envisions Luke fighting on the battlefield, just like throwing Bibles at people. Like, uh, uh,
0: like <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's he's just going to single a Bible though. So he hits a stormtrooper in the head with the Bible. He's going to walk over, pick it
2: up, <laughs> hit him again. But well, that's that's we what know separates. That would kill him. We know that that would kill a stormtrooper. A Bible hitting him. That is yeah. like you know, rocks and shit in the other movie. That's why I like Solo
0: as a character. Like, he's kind of using his experience. Like, he's like, you know, I've flown across one side of the galaxy to the other, and I've, like, uh, I've, I've seen everything. Like, he's jaded as fuck. Um,
3: Hang on a second. If we get okay. into religious stuff here, but, like, think about it. There's evidence to prove the Force exists, right? Meaning their religion is true. Now, in the beliefs of Jedi and Sith, there is no God. Does that mean
1: <laughs> Well, I mean also I mean if you think Finish about think out. about Yeah, go on. Well, so if you think about like how old Lucas, you know, Luke, Luke pretty much was born like right after, like all, the day after Order 66 basically, like right afterwards and then we've got Han who's like, I would say like a good 10 years older than him. That means that Order 66 happened in Han's lifetime. It's like, dude, you remember, like I would remember that. I mean, I most certainly would remember th- what led our entire lives when I was a child, you know so it is kind of funny. I, it makes me think of the Blue Harvest thing where he's like, you don't believe in the Force, do you? He's like, oh, you mean that thing you learned about 35 minutes ago Or are now judging me for not <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great um so this game that chewy r2 and 3po plays called DeJaric. Uh, i'm not about to go through the history so don't worry but the uh the it was actually directed by phil Tippett. this stop motion animation uh you know if you remember that name colin that's from uh that's the guy who had a big hand in Jurassic park and you know like stan winston is considered one of the greats when it comes to like practical effects it's great um Back on the Death Star, Vader and Tarkin are informed that Leia's information about the Rebel base being on Dantooine were false, and Tarkin orders Leia's termination. Oh, no. Oh, no. Meanwhile, the squad arrive at the wreckage of Thor's Asgardian <laughs> refugee ship blown away by Thanos. I mean, they <laughs> arrive at Alderaan. <laughs> 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 Little call back to our Infinity War episode, guys, if you want to go back and listen to that. But it's not there. They follow a lone fighter to what they think is a moon. That's no moon. Just a great line, of course, and it's um, you know, this is our first. I have a very bad feeling about this, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, so did you guys know that? Uh, I'm gonna ask Matt first, did you guys know that that was a line heavily repeated in the other ones until um, they kind of started making it a big deal that it showed back up? I, I think in Oh Force Awakens, right?
3: Um, I knew before Force Awakens, but I didn't as a kid watching the trilogy,
2: I didn't realize it. Thank you. That's exactly how I was. Like I knew anytime somebody said that, I was like, <laughs> Star Wars, but I never connected like, oh, it's a thing that it shows up once a movie, sometimes by different people.
3: You know uh, what? Actually,
2: I'm- I remember now I realized it when
3: watching the Phantom Menace, I remember Obi-Wan said it and I was like, oh, that's what Han says in the first one. But I, I didn't realize he said it in Empire and Jedi as well. Like that also came up. Um, yeah, until like, later let me on. put it
2: this way: I would never imagine a shirt like somewhere at a Kohl's having a picture of Han Solo <laughs> on it with that quote. Like, that's not the way that I associate yeah. that quote with him. The,
3: the only white reason I kind of associate that quote a little bit with him is um, I used to have this like big picture book of A New Hope, and it had all these buttons on the side with everyone's faces on, and you clicked on it, it would have someone's quote. And with Han, who was my favorite one, he'd click. He goes, "I have a bad feeling about this," and I would press it all the time. So just all day, all my mom ever heard was, "I have a bad feeling about this. I have a bad feeling about this. I, I, I have a bad feeling about this. I have a
2: bad feeling about." And just went on and on all day. How long ago did you buy that toy? Was it two weeks ago? Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, probably that's right. It. That's it.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> that was always a Star Wars thing to me, man. That I have a bad feeling about this. Very uh, much like, very much like the 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 Wilhelm scream, like yeah. that happens. Uh, like my brother and I always used to refer to it as the Star Wars scream. So
3: I never picked up on that until like I think I started studying film when I first heard it. Yeah. Um,
2: that's so funny you brought that up. So my wife and I were just talking about that. She read an article and was like, "Oh, and I I already knew about it like a super nerd." Yeah. So, anyway. I mean, cuz it
0: pops up in Indiana Jones as well, but I didn't that, discover yeah. I didn't discover Indy until much later, so um but yeah, so they're caught in the tractor, de- tractor beam, they're being pulled in. This sequence of the falcon arriving is fantastic, man. It holds up so well with the music. Um, those massive box turrets, just ready to blast it away. It's awesome.
2: Yeah. Earlier, when you talked, when we were talking about in the beginning of this, I said that you get a sense that the scale is going to be really big, but you don't quite know yet. Them dragging out the entrance of the Falcon into the the uh, Death Star really gives you a sense of how like much they're up against. Right, yeah. it just highlights it
3: so well. Just, just real quick, something we just didn't mention before. I just want to quickly say it now. When Alderaan blown up, that was a cool explosion. Continue.
0: <laughs> all right all right then oh, there you have it ladies and gentlemen you had it first it was a cool explosion <laughs> Whoa. Did the, troop- any time, then? the troopers check the ship and don't find anyone it turns out the crew hit under the floorboards uh which comes back in solo very cleverly uh, uh and um uh force awakens yeah yeah it actually might be that one that i'm thinking of i think yeah. you are yeah uh who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? <laughs> I, I I
2: love that saying. Awesome too.
0: I always laughed at Chewy like poking his head up, <laughs> like he's just there. Um Hey down there, could you give us a hand
2: with this?
4: Mm,
0: awesome. Hey down there. You yeah, think
2: it'd be funny in like the extended super 42 year later edition, they're walking at the ramp, they're like, who says that anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and shout out to our
0: good friend of the show, William Alvarez, TK421, bad transmitter. Uh, TK421, Ah. that's his nickname. Did you not know that, Colin?
1: I did. I I knew it was Star Wars related. I could just never, I mean, sorry, after fucking like 12 movies, I could never fucking like put it right in the same, in the right spot.
0: I, I recognized it immediately. Um, so while R2 finds the location of the tractor beam controls, he also finds the location of Princess Leia. Who's scheduled to be terminated? Um, bah, 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 <laughs> nah, 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 nah. I love how Luke convinces Han to rescue her. He, she's rich.
2: <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, in the forty-two year, forty-two year later, extended, updated edition, they're like, "We have her location. She's in the Starbucks." <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: brought to you by Starbucks. Uh, I'm gonna put these on you, and fucking Chewie just goes ape shit. <laughs> Uh, Luke and Han escort Chewie up to the containment unit, block 1138. Tell me someone recognize a reference. THX 1138, yep. yeah. yeah. Lucas, uh, is, yep. is that like his
2: student film movie?
0: Yeah, that's that's his that's his thing. Very much like how Pixar have uh, A138 or something like that. I, yeah. yeah,
2: the room that they both roomed in. That's the extent of my knowledge, though. I ne- I've never seen that film. Right. And, Danny, can you confirm for me, I'm not sure, but I
0: think, I think this... Um, one of my favorite moments in the movie is improvise. Uh, we had a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> is that is that Improv?
2: I believe that that is. They didn't give him hardly really any. They just said you're. You need to get him off the phone. phone. that's so
0: outstanding! I love the way he's holding it so awkwardly. He's sweating profusely as well.
2: <laughs> I also I don't that, know, that that know why It just seems so realistic. I lo- like you can <laughs> you can tell that he he would struggle getting out of that situation for real.
3: <laughs> um, I don't know why, but I just love the idea of Han Solo in a stormtrooper outfit.
2: Yeah, I do and too. Yeah. yeah, it looks Dude, great, seems man. Like a badass. Yeah, yeah,
3: totally. It's a really cool, like, this whole sequence. Like, from when it, the second they're in the Death Star, that's when
1: this <laughs> movie becomes seeing, amazing.
2: Carrie's seeing Harrison Ford in that outfit is what started all of it. Mm.
1: <laughs> I'll tell I, you. Well, I, I'm, not I'm sorry, call. go ahead, bud.
2: No, my well, I don't
1: well, I don't. I, uh, I don't want to skip like too far ahead, you know, when they get to Leia. But uh, absolutely, one of my favorite fucking lines in the Blue Harvest special. He's like, she's like, "Hey, I'm here to rescue you. Aren't you a little fat to be a stormtrooper? <laughs> Fine, sitting here and rot then. You stuck up bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking great, dude. I have, I first time I saw that dude, I was like, had to pause it, laughing my tits off. Man, I was so fucking. So Seth
0: MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane used to be so funny. I just, oh, I can't. We're not going off on this tangent, but uh, tell you what, this podcast isn't. It, it is. It is not a boring conversation anyway. <laughs> mm. See what I did there?
2: Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, fuck myself. Oh, good segue. Because yeah. right, cool. they say that in the movie we're covering in this episode.
0: Do they? Oh, <laughs> what a coincidence.
1: Oh, this episode we're covering Star Wars, aren't we? Oh shit. And now it's become the Boring Conversation. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. Luke <laughs> rescues Leia. You get the iconic uh, line. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Huh? Oh, the uniform. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I totally <laughs> forgot I was well, wearing this. I'm just can, wearing farm This bulky ass <laughs> thing. I, I totally forgot about this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> can, we, can we take a second, just a brief, brief second. We have not talked about Mark Hamill. We've not said one word about Mark Hamill. And it's like, oh, so I'm, like <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and act like this is it's just, oh, my God, it's the role, the blah, blah, blah. To be completely honest, I mean, he kind of died until, like, the early 90s. He didn't really do a whole lot. Like, I remember him in a few movies here or there. I remember a movie called The Giver I watched growing up as a kid. It was, uh, like, an American live-action adaptation of a Japanese anime um but it wasn't really until what like batman the animated series and then he just started doing voice work and then all of a sudden now you know he's back in uh last jedi and force awakens and shit like that and, uh, and he's also
3: and yeah, i think you're, you're about, about to say get this and colin or we have to just quickly sidetrack here just you and me buddy how do you feel about mark hamill voicing chucky
1: in the new remake, dude i you I, you stole the words out of my mouth um, he loves doing that doesn't I'm, he
4: I <laughs> no, uh, do. I mean,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love it. I think that Mark Hamill, I think that I think that Mark Hamill is like literally the voice of a generation. Like the guy has mm-hmm. I mean, people are like, oh, yeah, he did like Joker and stuff like that. And it's like, but dude, if you check out his impressions of stuff, I mean, most voice actors get really good when they're younger just by doing impressions. And it's just the fact that he segued so perfectly into this. It was something that at watching him in the making of the Arkham games when he's behind that mic, a lot of people just. Yes. Put put their put their heads on their – put their hands on their, you know, headphones and just kind of close their eyes and do this stuff. Dude, he is like, like well, and he's like yes. fucking like clenching his fists and fucking getting he's into acting. it and like bad, mad. Like, dude, it's so fucking <laughs> awesome. Ladies right and gentlemen, I, I,
0: here on the podcast is Mark
1: Hamill. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> hey.
2: Pretty, pretty I, good impressions, so. Pretty
1: damn good. Well, dude, it's just like like I always loved – his Joker impression. I mean, I grew up with that Batman. Anyway, right, oh. time
2: for another story, Colin. Zodiac, right, I saying? just want to say,
3: Mark, Mark, Mister, Mister Mr. that's a great impression you're doing of our buddy Colin. Like seriously,
4: <laughs> <laughs> so good.
0: Uh, uh, tells Vader tells Tarkin that he felt a tremor in the Force and that Obi Wan is here. Uh, and then we get this firefight. This, this firefight that seems to go on forever. Uh, oh, with, I love it though. With a terrible, oh, cool. terrible accuracy on the stormtroopers part, but, uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah uh, Dude, like, yeah, I, I do love... I, what? Dude, like, I'm laughing about my own thoughts, but now I'm wondering what Colin's laughing about.
1: Dude, now all I'm thinking is... Now, I'm sorry. All I'm thinking is Luke's sitting there going, wow, with him like this, it's a wonder they killed my <laughs> killed my aunt and uncle, and
2: everyone's like, dude, like, what yeah. the fuck? Too soon. <laughs> 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 you hear that thing Luke said about his aunt and uncle? Yeah, I think we need to talk to him.
0: <laughs> but I do love uh, Carrie Fisher here, man. Like, she just... she She's so... She takes charge. I love it. Like, these two just seem like chuckleheads, and uh, she just... Just takes the reins. It's fantastic.
2: It is funny that they get there so confidently, and then without Ben, they get her, and they're like, uh, like their first time, like being with a girl alone. They're like, what do we do? <laughs> you know she doesn't have a she doesn't have a bra on. What do we do?
0: <laughs> this movie is SJW shit. It's pushing an agenda. Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> Into the garbage shoot, fly boy, uh, dude. My favorite sequence as a kid because it's just it's so damn real. Like you know, Good it's tractor. Yeah, like the the walls closing in, like that is something you can kind of relate to. Uh, not 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 being down in a fucking. I place hope off, not. But, uh, what do you, your parents do to you as I a mean, child? I mean, like it's not flying spaceships and laser balls and shit. Like you know, it's things that are tangible. There's an obvious ominous presence of death and fear, yeah. and it's
3: it's a very it's very classic. Like, well, how are they going to get out of this right, one? Right,
0: exactly.
1: Exactly. Well, and I think and I think also all of them being uh, I've always I, I, and I just now noticed this watching it all of them being like clad in the white. It's like this, like in all of the sludge and black and darkness. And then you have all these people like in white. I like the color, like juxtaposition of that. It's like uh, it's like in the middle of all this darkness. Here's these people who are like the, the light in the darkness. I, I just now watched that. And I was like, oh, that's actually kind of interesting. They really stand out in that pit.
2: Bro, yeah, I could throughout do, this scene, I think that the armor actually stays super fucking clean. Like whatever <laughs> wax they use on that shit, that's the real future.
3: I agree. Oh man, I could do a whole podcast on talking about Star Wars and colour. Like it's always like <laughs>
2: I thought you were gonna say I could do an old podcast on Star Wars wax.
3: <laughs> that'd be pretty that'd be pretty specific. But like, yeah, it's always like it's it's white versus black, blue versus red. Even like mm-hmm. um The droids—it's like it's yellow and like blue within, like often like white backgrounds and stuff. Like they're very—they're all about primary colors, and it's the way they do it is just really cool.
0: So
2: how about this alien that's down there with them? I never liked him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah hey Shut does somebody up, have the wikipedia page pulled up on this monster and all I his fucking aunts and uncles I know, yeah, but his I- name
3: is uh greg and he's
2: a carpenter and- but
0: i but i i, I always i always wondered like how does this alien survive if the walls keep getting smashed together
2: oh yeah maybe it never smashes all of the way like fully compressed i don't have no idea what really i don't know i'm defending think- this thing
3: <laughs> I, I do love the shot of um is it Luke or Han? It's uh, Han. With the, yeah, with the yeah. yeah, with the giant pole. Yeah. Like I always thought that was pretty
1: his
0: mm-hmm. facials were always weird. I never believed like in the like the look on his face. I was just like, You're not selling it for Dude, me.
1: You are right. Mark yeah. Hamp- Mark Hamill like held his breath for so long under the water, he popped a fucking blood vessel in his Ugh.
0: eye. I remember really? hearing about
1: that. Nice.
0: Shut down all the garbage mashes on the detention level. This is actually a really tense scene. I love it. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
0: But while this, while yes. the walls start closing in on the squad, this crew of stormtroopers find 3PO and R2 with one of them bumping their head on the door. Yeah, um, one of the love
3: minor it. changes they made later on is they added the sound effect yeah. of the head bumps So fucking goofy. Just use a different what? take.
0: But <laughs> yeah, they actually added a sound. Like, that's in there, uh, Danny. Um, Obi-Wan shuts down the power to the tractor beam. Uh, he uses the force to distract the troopers who are talking about the new VT16. I mean, like, do they go shopping? Like, are they interested in material artifacts?
2: Like, are they? Oh, I think so, yeah.
3: But they're they're on eBay or C3 eBay or whatever it is.
2: (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) I think at some point, I, I maybe it's somewhere in the podcast. I think you guys talked about the, the fact that a lot of the stormtroopers were, and not even this podcast, even that some of the stormtroopers were leftover clones. So, like that makes me laugh even more thinking about their shopping tastes. Like, what do you want to go to the same stores yesterday? Yeah, hey, same too. place. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, that VT sixteen. Like this, this whole like chatting about it, it casually comes back in Rogue One. Uh, very little clever tidbit. Um, but I love Leia. You came in that thing. You're braver than I thought. <laughs> Han runs oh, head first. Too. No. <laughs> Han runs head first into a garrison of troopers. Um, apparently, there weren't that many. Like before, like the like the yeah. special editions no, added. And
2: I remember yeah. that version of it where that hangar was probably like empty, maybe like barely a hundred people. <laughs> Oh, like shit. now that in the special edition, it's like literally half the fucking galaxy. Yeah.
0: I, I always love the yell though. Like the yell as he is like fucking running. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's very classic like
3: Spielberg and Lucas humor as well. Like those type of jokes are seen everywhere in like stuff like Indiana Jones. Oh yeah. And- Yeah, the Star Wars films too. Definitely,
2: you guys said, uh, we talked about Indiana Jones at some point where, like, he's not always winning in Indiana Jones. That's kind of why he's so relatable. And this is kind of one of those moments where it's not like that, you know, Han acts like he's got everything under control, but you clearly see that like he even can't even anticipate everything. Right, exactly. But I think like that yell as well and like, you know, the
0: brashness of like, like running into the... The stormtrooper group is like it's so telling, it's so fitting for the character. Like this really overconfident, sort of cocky, uh, space cowboy. Uh, like I think, I think it just fits. Um, Luke and Leia iconically jump over the chasm. Your favorite moment, uh, Matt. Uh, and then you get that cringeworthy kiss for luck. It's Ugh. not cringeworthy. It's cringeworthy, dude. Why? What well, is? Isn't
2: so? it like a uh, like a cheek kiss?
0: Oh, isn't it? Is it a cheek kiss? I thought it was a lip yeah, kiss. Yeah, they
1: don't
2: tongue there, Ohip. So Jeez. Is it,
0: is it, that oh, I thought it was a lip kiss. Is it not a lip kiss?
1: You look, you look over. He's just like eating around. So. You're like,
0: ah! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? It's illegal. <laughs> Uh, Meanwhile, Obi Wan faces down with Vader in the most, (laughs) let's say, the battle of all time.
2: So this is just explain what's happening when the door was opening. The stormtroopers, instead of shooting, were like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Sorry,
3: (laughs) no, no, that's fine. Uh, Matt, go. Oh, I just want to say, like, this is one of the big disappointing things that made me like this as a as a child like it less than something like. Empire and Jedi is one. Luke doesn't get to fight Vader after like it feels like they spent the whole film sort of gearing up Luke versus Vader, and then it never happens. But at least you get him versus Obi Wan, but it's so boring. That being said, I don't know if you guys have seen it. There's this video on YouTube where they're recreating that scene. I with
0: think the- you tagged me in it. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's amazing. It's um they've got some new footage that they made, which must have cost so much money. They've cut it with original footage and then they've also done other stuff where it's new footage and they've CGI'd um uh Alex what's his name? Alec Alec Guinness, Alec Guinness, Alec Guinness. Um, face onto this new actor and they've sort of blended it all together and it looks amazing. Definitely look it up. It's so cool. One
1: nice. thing I think that uh one thing I think that this scene could benefit because we 'cause we're we're right here, we're at the Vader Obi Wan fight, right? I don't want to skip. Right. No, absolutely. Okay. Um I think I mean, Mr. you know me forty years later, you know, record a fucking podcast, tell the people I think they should make movies um <laughs> That's i what we're doing, I was yeah, well, I I'm think that this scene would have been He's i mean it would have 40. been <laughs> 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 it would have been it would have been awesome to see uh, like Matt said, yes, this is boring, this is anticlimactic at best, that like very anticlimactic, it is cool, we haven't seen a lightsaber duel, we haven't really seen a whole lot of lightsabers. That's what that's really the only kind of like saving grace in it. And also, I mean, what can you do with, you know, Alec Guinness? He's fucking like 60 or you know, <laughs> actually Mark Hamill is older now than Alec Guinness was when they were making this. Wow. Really? Let that shit sink in, dude. Uh. Like, But what I think that this scene will benefit from is not just let Alec Guinness, you know, uh, turn the lightsaber off and just let him die, or let himself be killed. If he does kind of put up a fight, but it's like, dude, this is Vader and you're Obi Wan. Like, the, like this is not Anakin. This is this is Vader. Like, I mean, not. I mean, kind of in his prime. I mean, it's it's him. Like, at some of his strongest like powers, and you're this old man. So I think it would be interesting to see him actually kind of put up a fight. He's killed anyways, and just and because this is the first time you can have Luke meeting Vader, and I think Luke tapping into that anger, and he can feel like holy shit, like this kid's powerful. Like I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind seeing a brief altercation, where maybe even Luke picks up the lightsaber and takes a fucking few swings before they're like, dude, we gotta go. Like there's mm-hmm. no time for this. We gotta go now. Like because I think also uh, it would have set up something really cool with Vader in the next movie, being like. I don't know who that kid is, but like, you know, him being angry taps into that dark side and he'd be like, dude, this kid's dark side with like, powers or whatever where I could feel that. He's like, holy shit, that's incredible. And I think that would have set up a little bit more for their relationship, not just him going, no, and then shooting <laughs> one dude and running up a ramp. You know, it's 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 very anticlimactic.
2: So, Colin, on the note, I almost feel like this is something I would hear Zoheb say. Um, I think that's probably one of the redeeming factors of Revenge of the Sith is that you get to see those two duke it out for like for real, like for mm-hmm. 20 fucking minutes or whatever. Right. Mm hmm. Um, I like- just I'm I oh, sorry. Go ahead, man. Are right, you going?
1: Well, see, I just I just I just think narratively it just helps. I think also we're setting up the first Introduction between Vader and Luke, the fact that Vader could like sense, holy shit, this kid's powerful. And at the same time, we see Luke kind of, you know, because I love seeing that scene where people with powers like the force or, you know, telekinetics or, you know, telepathics. People in extreme distress tap into that kind of shit. So to see Luke, because you're right, it has been leading up to this kind of like Luke Vader kind of altercation. Not as much. uh, I I do disagree like a little bit. I don't think as much. But I, I think that's all we needed is to see him pick up that lightsaber or even Luke just stick his hand out and the lightsaber come right to him. And he's like, whoa, who the fuck is this kid? And we see like a little bit of him being interested in him. So it just establishes something later on in Empire Strikes Back.
3: Colin, have you seen Force Awakens? No, we already established that. You should watch Force Awakens. <laughs> okay, I will, <laughs> I, will I will, I will. That's all I'll say. I, uh... um, but I, I just want to quickly yeah, uh, make mention of um, there was this interview that Mark Hamill did, I think. I'm not sure when it was, but he was talking about how um, he was like, – apparently when he did lightsaber fight scenes, he always wanted to move around more and he wanted to use like one hand and he thinks they should be making more movement. And um, George Lucas was like, "No, it's a sacred weapon. You have to treat it with respect, and that's why you use two hands." Like, like the I think really is George Lucas' way of trying to do <laughs> like a 2000's two-handed sword. Two thousands
2: video games comes along, and they're like, "Fuck that! Dual <laughs> lightsabers." Pretty much, <laughs> like, like, I think
3: like his original idea was like it's like slow-paced, like samurai swords, two hands. But then like you get Phantom Menace and stuff, they start doing backflips and stuff. And Mark Hamill's like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is what I said we should do like 20 years before. Um, but when you look at this fight between Obi-Wan and Vader, there is like maybe a hint of maybe Lucas wanting something like that. I don't know. Because there's a weird shot where Obi-Wan literally does a 360 spin. He literally turns his back to Vader to do a 360 spin to attack, which has no strategic like, look, it's not good. It,
0: like, yeah, we've, yeah, it's, it's not good. Anakin's I, like
2: sick moves,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I think I do have to disagree with pretty much all of you. <laughs> do you think it's a great? Fight no, I know. Uh, I'm think I'm. I don't think it's a great fight scene. I was the first one to say it was meh, but um, I, I think. uh I don't think the movie's been building up to a, a showdown between Vader and Luke. Uh I think there was just literally one line where it was like, "Oh, uh, your your father betrayed uh, you know, whatever." Like that that was the only moment like okay. Luke hasn't seen Vader since before this moment, right?
3: That's true. Mm-hmm. And you got like, a good point, It's been it's been
0: building up. It's been building up for a showdown between Obi-Wan and Vader. And look, I have to imagine in 77 this sequence was kind of good
2: yeah and Probably, i like, yeah. I don't even think about Vader being the ultimate thing that Luke would fight in this one because, like we talked about earlier, the scale of this is so big that I don't imagine that by the time that this movie ends shortly that he's gonna find himself in front of him dueling him or fighting him or right. shooting him, you know, well, that being said like
0: if if this was the final sequence of the movie and we didn't have the x wing uh sort of assault, I'd be pissed, oh
3: uh, yeah yeah the oh, x wing yeah, assault so is the climax. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Can I just also just ask you guys, in this fight scene when I'm watching it, like there are those little like green flashes whenever they clash. Yeah. Do you think that's not really there in the other trilogy films?
0: No,
2: it, no, it's not. It's, it, it, it's not in the other trilogy. So they changed films. It. I, That's very distracting for this one. It's funny you point that out.
0: It might just be a, a limitation of when they made it. I don't know. Well, this is the special. Remix, yeah. whatever version. Remix. So, <laughs> I, I don't know.
3: Like, I'm just wondering uh-huh. why, like, they went in, they changed the colors and they did other stuff. It's like, you'd think either they would add that in the other scenes or they would remove it? Or, no,
0: it was perfect. That's exactly what I wanted.
3: Yeah. <laughs> He's, he'll have some, like, long explanation, like, oh, well, well, these are two Jedis at their prime, and that's why... They're forced when it goes through the... Shut up, George. <laughs> Stop talking when shit. When
0: I left you, I was but the learner, but now I am the master. Great like, quote. Uh, I do love the sound effect of Vader's breathing becoming more labored. Um, mm-hmm. Like, that was always something I loved even as a kid. Uh, but like you guys said, Luke witnesses Obi-Wan's death, strike me down and I'll become more powerful than you can ever imagine.
3: Which they never pay off in this film.
0: Not in this film, no. But I I do like later in the x wing sequence where, uh, you know, Obi-Wan kind of speaks from from beyond the grave and kind of ends up like, Kind of has, it ha- like, having a hand in, like, the destruction of the Death Star. Like, if he hadn't told Luke that, he wouldn't have been able to concentrate and focus.
3: Do you guys also take that uh, as an inter- interpretation of his speaking from beyond the grave? Oh, I guess he is, because he never He's said that dead, before, did he? Right? He's part of the forest. Yeah, yeah sorry, okay, my bad, my bad, my bad. Um, okay. so I just said it, I realized I was wrong.
0: Then we get this escape sequence okay. uh, and we get the TIE fighter shootout. Great sequence, right? Fucking yeah. awesome. Very triumphant. Mm-hmm. Very yeah,
2: epic. Don't get PSC. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh,
4: I
2: just want
3: to also say real quick as Obi Wan dies, I've always hated that shot, that effect of him just like being clothes. Just let him die like a normal person, let him
2: get stabbed. Yeah, that was You're always right. just cut him in half, and then the rest of that scene is just blood draining, and he's like, ah! I would rather have something like, I don't know, it just seems
3: weird that his entire body disappeared.
2: That <laughs> this was always is not more st- powerful than I could possibly imagine. <laughs> this is worse. That was,
0: that, that was always a sticking point it's for fans in right? the films uh, and didn't really come back until Last Jedi with, with Luke. Oh, good point. Yeah, when well, yeah. Yoda disappears and you're like, oh, that's shit. True. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true, actually.
3: I didn't yeah. forget about Yoda. Um, I actually love that. That's actually another amazing scene from that film. <laughs>
0: That yeah. film's got a lot of problems, See, with, but it's got super scenes. Yeah, thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, no problem. <laughs> but I always love the uh, the black armored stormtrooper pilots. Man, that 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 uh, armor yeah. set is fucking awesome. They've that's got scary. like the breathing troops yes. and their masks. Awesome.
2: I think that the stormtroopers are so clumsy and and dumb in all these, but when they get really cool armor or if they get a cool tie fighter, somebody in the la- in that pre log episode we talked about some of the games and Rogue Squadron was one of them. There's a tie fighter that's in there that's like badass, and it actually Do- makes the the thought of actually training as being one of those kind of cool lore instead of it being like oh that army that's just known for missing. Did the Death Troopers in Rogue One? Those yeah. fuckers are awesome, man. Hell yes, and the way that their uh, their transmission, yeah, verbally, like that you can hear around them it's is gubbled. like all scattered. Yeah,
0: hell yeah, that's cool. Um, so they take down the TIE fighters. When they're away, Tarkin confirms that the homing beacon is secure aboard their ship, saying that he's taken an awful risk, Vader. Um, which Leia, Literally, like a second later, Leia like correctly assumes right. She tells she tells Han it's a trap. They let us get away. Mm. Um, she reveals to Solo that she's got, he's got the, sorry, R2's got the technical readouts of the Death Star. And Solo says that he's in it for the money. If money's all that you love, then that's what you'll receive. Um, and this conversation between Leia and, uh, sorry, Luke and Han, what do you think? you think a princess in a guy like me? No! <laughs> <laughs> but I love the way that, that Solo just kind of like smiles it off, you know, like he doesn't create a problem or anything about yeah. it. He's just
2: like, uh, he's, he's like, just he's, like, be cool, be cool. You no, just lost like, a girlfriend. He's like, Luke's
0: probably right. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I, that's what I think am it is. Um, and they arrive at Yavin 4. And, uh, man, this guy in the crow's nest, how bored must he be? I remember Blue Harvest wasn't like pew,
4: pew, pew. He's just like (laughs) pew, pew, pew. Fuck,
0: yes. I would do all sorts of things. Hell, yeah. Um, Our first glimpses of the X-Wings. Fucking awesome, dude. I can't believe
3: we have to wait this long to see an X-Wing. Yeah. Like, I always assumed it was so iconic. I always assumed it was earlier, but, yeah.
1: I kind of like it, man. They hold back. They, You know, it's, it's not something because we're 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 shown if you think about the beginning of this we're shown a lot of planets, a lot of different races, and then we cut to the middle where we're shown the Jedi, the Force, you know, the Empire, and then we kind of cut to the end where we're showing the rebellion, the vehicles, the technology, like shit like that. I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's kind of cool how they like they keep stuff kind of segregated a little bit uh, in the best yeah. way." It's like I like I like the fact that, you know, when they save the biggest baddest thing for the end of it, it's the fucking X-wing. It's like that's that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, That's and you guys talk about the design of it, it it's it's kind of neat that you get to see that the Empire has the time to design these TIE fighters that sound and menacing, that have a specific <laughs> look to them, that, that is supposed to look menacing, even though they seem like they're just made out of paper machine in all the movies. But the Rebellion is a lot more like utilitarian, like they're much more like function over like fashion, you know?
0: yeah. Um, so they plug in R2, who gives them the lowdown on the Death Star. Uh, meanwhile, we get a look in on Tarkin, who's told that they're prepping to orbit the planet. But it's like, I mean, you can destroy the planet, right? But you can go through it. I guess so. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, battle plan. Small one-man fighters should be able to penetrate the defense. And uh, this is where I wrote in big capital letters, Rogue One! <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. this... Rogue One fixes yeah. that shit up right away, doesn't it?
1: Well, and I I love the fact that um I don't I didn't really need an explanation for why there is a vulnerability in this thing. Something that big, you're going to have at least one somewhere. I believe that totally plausible, it doesn't bother me. But then the fact that they were able to take something that was such a small detail and give a character a yes. fucking awesome backstory with awesome. it like and I don't want to get too far into Rogue One, but he literally says something like what does he say? He's like, I like you know, the plans of my trap. Right, exactly. Yes. He's like, I planted the seeds for revenge and shit. And I was like, dude, that is fucking awesome, dude. I'll and be like,
2: okay if we don't wait until the 800th episode or whatever that <laughs> one comes up for us to do it. Yeah. Um, there's an amazing and so funny um
3: comedy sketch by Dorkley. Um, who I think this is before Rogue One came out, where like they sort of addressed like how people always give them film a little bit of shit for like, oh, why didn't they just cover up the, the exhaust port? And what it is, it's like, it's like this press conference with, um, the guy who was like the designer for it all. And he goes, It was a ventilation port. It's a big, it's a spaceship the size of a planet. It needs to ventilate. It's amazing. It's a miracle. I there was only one of them. There should be hundreds. It's I had to create like scientific breakthroughs just so we could put it all into one very small hole. You should be giving me a medal, but instead, everybody's like, Oh look, it's the guy who couldn't cover up a little hole. We need ventilation. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like losing his mind and everyone's just like, Yeah, but um, the Death Star's destroying, it's all your fault. And he's like there was no way like He's like everything's gonna have a weak point. like Oh, so good.
0: I used to bullseye Wap Rats in my T sixteen back home. They're no bigger than two meters. Dude, my one of my favorite blue harvest moments. Hey um can I can I can I talk to you over there? Yeah, I, uh, you just you just kind of like sandbagged me. I sandbagged you. I sandbagged you. <laughs> but it's also like, why are you using meters in the galaxy far, far away?
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Be when we measure stuff, when we measure stuff by parsecs, apparently, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um, I also love. He's like, any other questions? Yeah. Does Barry Manilow know that you braid his wardrobe. He's like, You'll get that, uh, you'll get that, uh, you get the answer to that. And then next week's detention mess with the bull, you get the horns, young man. They're like, I fucking love that blue <laughs> harvest, it's so great.
0: I do, I do have one more blue harvest reference to make, it's coming up soon. Uh, Han, Han gets his reward and he takes off asking Luke to come with him. Uh, but Luke says he's staying here to help. And, um, I, I don't look, I liked it when I was a kid, but I don't, it doesn't fit in the moment when han says may the force be with you like it's just such a it almost seems creepy like weren't you just saying you did not believe in that shit but it also seems like a last ditch effort to get luke back onto his side kind of thing mm-hmm.
1: look I- it does seem like a compromise it seems like hey i know i'm kind of being a dick but maybe i can like i can't physically be here to support you but i'll be like hey there you go i'll cool. say this we'll one meet sentence on some kind of comp- yeah Right. Yeah.
3: I think, like, from a script writing perspective, it makes sense for him to say it because it's like, oh, okay, like, he's learned something. He's changed. He's changed now. And this is like, mm-hmm. so on paper, it sounds like this is the logical thing to do for making a story. But when you mix in things like just Harrison Ford's existence, along with like the fact that the character is so, like, the stuff we like about him is how much of a skeptic he is and stuff like that. It kind of doesn't work. So, a little it, bit it and works
0: so- it works in the way that it's like it it kind of lends some credence to uh when he comes shooting out of the sun soon, like you know mm. it's like it's not like a split decision that he made uh here here here's a little seed of like what his think thought process is
4: yeah so. okay mm.
0: um three p o wants r two to be safe because gay
4: <laughs>
0: <What>? <laughs> <laughs> wow, and then we get the awesome death star assault i this is still one of my favorite space battles i i don't know why um i just even though look i think rogue one hands down has the best space battle of of all the movies including last jedi including force awakens um but there's just something about the trench run for me that just clinches it man like i love that they've got this one sort of like um one goal, one objective, and there's just the stakes just keep getting higher and higher because you know we've been told that they've got 30 minutes till the the Death Star um, orbits around the planet. Uh, it's just oh, I love it, man. I just I fucking love it.
3: What makes a Star Wars film to me, um, and this film is what started it and, it, and I love it when films do this too. So in the big climactic battle, with the war at the end is like we have to do this one objective you guys go this, you dudes do that, but we're all trying to do the same thing. And like, they they do something similar in like the other Star Wars movies, but it wasn't until like episode one where I saw a unique take on that, where it's like, okay, you guys are in space, but we're trying to invade the castle down here. And other films have done that too, like Guardians of the Galaxy, especially the second one. Oh, no, sorry. the first, Actually, both of them. They have like their little space battle too. Like the Street Fighter movie tries to be Star Wars for the last 20 minutes. Like, um, I just love those type of scenes, man. Like it's the the stakes and the impact and the epicness is just like unrivaled. It just it surely beats like a typical end of a film where it's like we're just fighting the bad guy to win. This is like no, we're trying to stop something, and it's a whole all out war with multiple objectives. We all got to like do the same. That's so cool, man. I love it.
0: But that that being said. This is, another, this is one of the only moments where I prefer um, sort of Empire, the way Empire did it over this, because Empire is such a quiet and depressing and dark ending. And it's <laughs> totally not what Star Wars is known for. It's not this like massive uh, battle sequence at the end, it's just so personal. It starts off massive with Hoth and then yeah. it gets smaller and smaller in scope as we go, but it gets more and more personal. Whereas, like, whereas this movie is the opposite.
3: The thing is, and this I don't want to shit on Empire too much because uh, I think the reason people like it so much is one, the twist, and the fact that the ending is so different. Um, like everyone always says, this is the Empire of the trilogy. Like there's so many franchises here say that, but like the weird thing with Empires, the structure—it's like a TV show. Like everyone goes in a separate pass and have their own little B stories and stuff. Like this is a bit more centralized and more, you know, standard.
0: What do you guys think about uh Danny? What, what do you think about that about, about that? About about Empire's sort of like quiet and deliberate and personal ending versus something as bombastic as this.
2: Um I I kind of think that's the only way that, that movie kind of gets sold, right? Because you're still reeling from having one of the biggest reveals like in cinema history happen like whatever, like ten minutes or five minutes before that, right? Um, So I don't think it's supposed to have like a, oh, it's okay, everything's going to be all right ending to it. I think that was kind of what everybody was expecting. So part of that movie being so stark for the time was that they didn't bother like uh, meeting the audience halfway and trying to have like this great happy ending the way that all these other ones do because it's just setting up for Return of the Jedi to be like that much more glorious. And like I I know people like we talked about in the last episode – uh, we talked about this where uh, we talked about our favorite movies and people said that they really loved return of the Jedi because of how well like empire set it up. So I think that it functions better as a whole trilogy because it is that way. Yeah. I agree. Colin.
1: I don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> you're talking about the bombastic ending of this versus the personal smaller yeah. story of yeah. empire. Right. Yeah. Um, Glad to know you're still I, with us, um, bro. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, man, that's tricky because I do like, you know, I like myself a space battle. I, I like seeing this because ultimately, what happens between Luke and Vader and you know, the, and and the Emperor and stuff like that will affect everything in this big bombastic kind of way. Um, so I'm, I honestly, I'm kind of at a, at a loss between, it. I don't mind like seeing a one-on-one battle and seeing that kind of like more personal story. I'm usually actually more keen for those kind of things. But I, um, I, I think that in this case, because we, we haven't started, it's too soon to start really digging into Luke. So we kind of need to just keep the world open before we start just like hammering in on him and, and really make him the main character.
3: Well if I can just also just jump in and say here's an easy answer. Jedi does both in a way, like they have the bombastic attack, but they also have the personal shit as well. Just I think maybe yeah, why true. I liked it so
0: much. Yeah, kid. that that works that works well. Um it's a good way to end a trilogy. It 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 is, yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, man, Death Star Assault, Red 5 standing by. I am not going to mention the Rogue One sort of connections anymore because there are so many here. Um, but, you know, there are some great, great stuff um, that Rogue One pulls off and adds a lot to this sequence. Um, dude, Porkins. <laughs> I was yeah, about and, to say. That's offensive. Porkins, man. Uh, the Fucking Blue Harvest.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Isn't it like he's so isn't it like he's so fat? It's like dragging on the ground. <laughs>
4: it's, tra-
0: <laughs> it's dragging on the ground. He's got like food in the cockpit and shit. But it's like it's this running joke because like I remember um what's the what's the second one? Is it something something dark side? Is that it? Yeah, yeah. So it's something something dark side. No, but it's the third one? No, no. Nah, second th- one. Second so something something dark sides. Um, like they're rescuing the uh, it, it's Luke, Luke and um. Looking solo on fucking hot and it's like <laughs> Commander Solo, this is overweight pilot number one. <laughs> oh, it's just so fucking fantastic, dude. But yeah, Porkins
3: gets destroyed. Also um, something we, we haven't mentioned this entire podcast and it's, it's absolutely criminal. Um, the work with miniatures, especially in this X Wing scene. Mm-hmm. Holy yeah. shit! Like, I'm glad
1: you brought that up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just kind of like blanketed, blanketed it because like I was like, oh, practical effects.
3: Yeah, yeah. But like the fact that these are like little toys and they still feel larger than life, that's incredible. Awesome, dude. And the well, way they And move this is too. a
1: fucking. This is a fucking ping pong table that they're just doing runs by and on a golf cart. Like that's all they're doing. They're just like on a golf cart driving by and occasionally they're setting off firecrackers for like explosions and shit. I'm like. Wow, Wait, that what? is really? fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's you can watch the behind the scenes making of it. and There's parts where and not when they're down in the trenches and everything's like flying by, but like as they're kind of doing like these overhead views and you're seeing these explosions. You can watch behind the scenes stuff of like, um, oh god, I said the cinematographer's name earlier, but I can't remember. He's sitting on the back of a golf cart as somebody drives by at like a medium speed, and he's just filming these little explosions going off on a. It's like a it's like a ping pong table with <laughs> with this with this thing built on top of it. I'm like, wow, that's fucking awesome, dude. God, that's incredible. You just man.
0: see Ant Man running by.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> hey, I'm On my way to Thanos's ass. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. So, man. It, this this battle essentially comes down to Luke making the trench run uh, and Vader chasing him with the two TIE fighters and out, streaking out of the sun, comes fucking our hero, secondary hero, Han Solo. You yeah. Fuck yeah, man. I, this is my biggest fifth-part moment in the movie, man. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. And um, you got John Williams' score, like, doing the... it's just like missiles go in and they fucking fly away and boom
3: time out we have not spent enough time talking about John Williams so just to make up for it I'm just going to do this for like a few seconds (laughs) that's <laughs> not
0: here. Is
3: that here? I knew you were going to do that. Vader's
0: theme's not here. Is that one not in this Vader's Vader's theme's not in this movie. We never get... No, don't we get it when he's walking in the No, it's not until fucking Empire.
2: Because we see his massive super destroyer. Wow. Can, can we just say that, like John Williams He's is the only a person that Star write Wars music. fan over here? I'm watching him <laughs> mute while we talk. I'm sorry. Uh, the fact that like John Williams' music is so great in this, so like even people like us that don't typically listen to, you wouldn't think to ever go buy a CD like this. Like we, like I have these soundtracks because they sound so good. But like that's not the type of music that I would ever like consider myself like listening to normally. Until I think about it, you know. Mm,
1: Dude, go tough. go take you some pre-workout or whatever you take before you go to the gym, and go listen to Duel of Fates while you're working out. Oh, it's so like uh,
2: you feel like you're like, oh, changing the universe, doing some makeups. Yeah, oh. oh Oh shit!
1: It's Darth Maul. Oh fuck! It's Darth Maul. Like I always sing that shit in my head when they're doing that. Like that shit always cracks me up, dude. I fuck duel. I I love. Since we're on John Williams, I do love the Imperial March. I love all that stuff, dude. I honestly think Duel of Fates is hands down the best out of all the films it I've is. seen. It's so good, dude. I mean,
0: like pretty great. Yeah. I mean, like I mean, come on. Imperial March is the Imperial March, and the Star Wars theme is the Star Wars theme. But Duel of the Fates elevates. A pretty not great movie, but um,
3: right, <m Foreman> exactly. Uh, yeah,
0: but there's also another piece of music that I want to go by as well, and it's in Revenge of the Sith, right at the end when they battle when they fight. That piece of music, as well, it's like this vocalization that, like, ah, oh, I love it, man. Um,
1: um, real quick before we move <icism> ahead, just really fast, since we're talking about uh Han Solo, do you guys want to hear some crazy people that auditioned and almost got cast? Hit me, <laughs> Kurt Russell. Totally, I can totally, I can totally see it, dude. I can totally see it. Kurt Russell, Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) Mm.
4: Hey,
3: Luke. Yo, yo, Andrew. Uh, You uh, think a
1: princess and a guy like me? No. no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Christopher Walken. Wow! (laughs) Wow. They they said they said Chris. They said blow this thing and go home. (laughs) <laughs> you you blew up the Death Star. Wow. Um, they said that they said Chris Walken got up there, dude. Like he was starting wow. to trickle into some of the last contenders for it. And I was like,
0: the keys to the wow. Falcon are up my ass.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I got Sorry, a bad but yeah, that's, 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 feeling about this.
2: <laughs> there's will a your money.
1: There's a bunch more. I do have one. It's not pertaining to this movie. It's Phantom Menace. Tupac Shakur was almost Mace Windu. I'm not, I'm fucking, really with this. Yes.
0: I'm not fucking with you. that's blowing.
1: I'm not fucking with you because you got to think. Phantom right. Menace is filming in '98. He dies in '96. That's not that far off.
4: California love. Sam Jackson wasn't
0: the
3: first choice, hey? Do what? Because Sam Jackson wasn't the first pick.
1: I think. No, no. In fact, there was some producer that was working with Tupac that he said he was working on some films and stuff. And like a few days before Tupac got shot, somebody was like, hey, what have you been up to? He's like, oh, yom, I got some films coming in. And he was like, dude, I'm real nervous. I'm supposed to be reading for George Lucas soon. He was like, what? Fuck. You're reading for George Lucas? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> hmm. What's what
4: yeah,
2: out of his career? He got a lot. Would Tupac's lightsaber just be a two handed joint that he lights up to ignite? Well Yeah, he doesn't kill anybody, he
1: just smokes them out of the room.
2: <laughs> well Tupac found a very uh creative way
0: to get out of that situation. Oh. Oh <laughs> you fuck. Yeah, but he didn't dodge a bullet, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> the force was not with you. Didn't, oh, he fine. didn't dodge the bullet.
0: Jesus. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's so, like, no, just the other 20 yeah. got him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Hamill says carry when he gets back. Did oh, you know he? that? Yeah. I what? That if you no. listen to the audio very carefully, he says when he gets out of the, the, the X-Wing, he's climbing down the ladder, and before they hug, he says, carry. What an idiot.
1: No. <laughs> Swear to
0: God, it's in there, dude. Even the special editions have it. Wow.
1: Holy shit.
0: Yep. Yep. That's in there, dude. Out
1: of all, whoa, 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 whoa. Out of all the shit, yeah. you fucking changed. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? Dude, I'm leaving. I'm done. I'm fucking done with this goddamn show, dude. I quit. Oh, I dang. Nothing <laughs> makes sense anymore. Up is down. I shit piss. I, I piss shit. I don't know what to do anymore.
2: Dude. <laughs> they they oh ran out God. of money whenever they had to put the rock in that one scene to hide R2-D2. <laughs> jesus
1: christ dude
0: that's fucked up hey
1: how fucked up is that i have no i have no faith there's what? no god i don't know why i'm not even gonna get up tomorrow dude no i'm just kidding that, that's that's wow. it's pretty heinous that is hor, that is horrible dude jesus christ and
0: fans, the thing is dude like fans had picked up on that like but i don't know if it's one of those things where it's like lucas specifically didn't change it and kind of played it up like like he like he did with the the stormtrooper bumping the head like I don't know if it's one of those situations or if it's just like I don't I don't know what happened. Knowing can,
3: Lucas, he would try and defend it
0: like, um, "Oh, it was always supposed to, was supposed to be in there. We were know, supposed to name uh, it Carrie. Carrie is actually Tatooinean
3: uh, for yeah, I'm that's glad, that's glad that's to see it. you, <laughs> and it's <laughs> actually <laughs> the part the of the language." Understand. It was in the script. I, I I did on purpose. Yeah, but I, I can't do it. But Colin, go go back
0: and listen to it. It's
1: definitely there. Uh, I'm I'm listening to it right now.
0: Listen to it. and I picked it's, it. Out, it's high pitched. It's like Carrie. <laughs> um, and then we get the med- metal sequence, right? Uh, where my boy Chewy gets oh, the
2: fucking shaft. Racist. When I heard him getting interviewed about this, he says they always make fun of me for not getting a medal. But if you noticed, I always have the last line in the movie. He said it in English. <laughs> Yeah.
3: Nice. <laughs> um,
2: so the do comics
3: <laughs> explain this. Uh, <laughs> of course they do. And what they uh, – uh, I remember reading this go, this is fucking dumb. Um, but apparently it's um, – uh, in Wookiee tradition, instead of receiving medals, they receive, like, something else. And so before the ceremony, there was a private, like, medal offering equivalent. I can't remember exactly what it was, where Leia gives him something else. But it's oh, like God. okay, another <laughs> right con in hindsight. But you know George Lucas, yeah. Well, uh, I, I always planned I planned it all.
0: It along. kinda it kinda reminds me of uh maybe it's just fucking Princess Leia who has a problem with him because it reminds me of the Force Awakens when uh, uh Han dies and then the first person that Leia goes and hugs <laughs> is Rey. Yeah,
4: <laughs>
3: and like, <laughs> too, yeah. yeah. The but you know what really about JJ old- Abrams? And rather than George Lucas singer it he owned up to that. Someone called him out, and out on Twitter and JJ's like, Oh yeah, I didn't notice that. I forgot
1: Yeah. Dude One one thing that I'm thinking now is during the award ceremony if like you know, because we're obviously insinuating that that Leia performed fellatio on Chewie, what? and like <clears throat> as 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 everyone's walking out of thing, she just she's just like p- p- like picks a hair out of her mouth.
4: <laughs> You're disgusting. Bro.
0: So oh, um, she is a saint, in and the, it must be respected. In the originals, um, this this medallion sequence, uh, the background, like guys on the shadows on the left and right, they were cardboard cutouts um i can't remember if the special editions updated that but yeah in the originals they were definitely cardboard cutouts like they're kind of like
4: silhouettes so
3: oh minor thing a quote that i just remembered that we didn't mention before that i really like um during the 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 run when vader goes i have you
0: now i always thought that was cool it's awesome Yeah. yeah He's, he's doing, like, he's fixing the dials on his, like, tight interceptor. Is he? Um, Matt,
2: when you are talking about sound boards that had sound effects for faces, I think that yeah. was, like, a young toy quote thing that always was associated with Darth Vader. So even oh. one of the variations of the sound would be, I have you now. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's Guys, cool. that's Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. Episode 100 of Midnight Double Feature.
2: Oh, yeah, congratulations awesome. to you guys so heaven colin i think match up in there pretty early on is still but you know way to go you guys
0: <laughs> Dude, with <laughs> us for Have you, now 50 episodes oh maybe? go ahead man yeah well i mean like you guys i mean you guys are just as much as a part of me not double feature as we are man like i mean this this is totally um this has totally been a group effort um and, and you know well, I guess Colin and I did start this thing. I mean like it's it's tough to look at it that way anymore because you guys have just such great creative input um Danny, you're always like stoking the community, which is fantastic, Matt, you're always on our upcoming attractions episode um you love arguing with me, which is which I love to do as well, so it's fantastic um you're always doing our um visuals as well, like the you know the our birthday graphic and our graphic for this, which is great on socials um and colin thank you so much for being my co-host my friend love you dude
1: yeah absolutely i i i still remember I had a long a long time ago in a galaxy far far now um <clears throat> i can still remember didn't know who zoheb was just knew him from you know lsg and some podcasts that we liked and i was like i don't know who this fucking guy is i mean he could be a he'd be a pervert for all i know i have no fucking clue who this oh, guy is but yeah, no, for sure. Um, but like in the best kind of way. Um, but I'm glad I'm glad I took a chance. I was like, dude, this guy always posts really cool reviews. He's got a positive attitude. He's a lot more um optimistic than I am. So I think it'll create a cool dynamic. <laughs> and uh and sure enough it did, and I'm glad that Danny and uh and, and Matt are, are are along with this two of our, you know, uh, like two of our best friends as well. Uh and I think it adds like a really cool dynamic, <clears throat> especially with the different kind of fields where you come from. But even though I didn't know Matt, Matt and I pull a lot of stuff from like similar cartoons, horror movies, shit like that. Uh, So it's been really cool. Like getting to know Matt as well, just through films. And you can tell a lot about a person just through their movies. And it's been, it's been, it's been been fun. It's been exciting. And I'm looking forward to more adventures.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, Well Well said, my friend guys, uh, I don't really see a point in doing closing thoughts. I mean, like we all fucking love it. We did a whole episode. Thoughts
2: yeah there, I at think, the end of this you guys are gonna have four hours i think Oh
0: close yeah. to four hours right. of- <laughs> <I'm talking laughs> about so this. we are uh, what do you think about that colin we just fucking plug socials and head the fuck out of here hey
1: let's get out of here you have any plug socials yeah hit it guys if you want to find us you can always go on facebook uh midnight double feature we have the group uh that's connected with that uh called the after party everybody's invited Uh, You can also find us on Instagram at Midnight Double Feature or on Twitter at MDF Pod. If you ever want to shoot us an email, uh, any suggestions, you guys, uh, I've always wanted somebody to email us and say, hey, why don't you cover this movie? I'm waiting for the day somebody throws that out there. because I really want to, like, take a look at something I've never even heard or seen up before. But you can do that by emailing us at MidnightDoubleFeature at gmail.com. Uh, and please stop by, rate, review us on iTunes. Uh, that always really helps us out a lot. Those reviews just send us through the roof, and that, that always, I mean, puts a smile on my face, <clears throat> and it helps us, you know, keep the lights on around here and get more content out. Uh, and also, we're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, anywhere you get your major um, you know, podcast that you listen to, you can find it pretty much anywhere. Um, but I think that's pretty much it. You guys got anything else you want to say?
3: Uh, I just like to just just shout out there for so thanks for staying with us. This has been a feature presentation episode. Um, we release about two episodes a week usually. We also have the upcoming attractions episode, which uh, if you're if you're mostly around for the features, you mightn't have heard me as much. on um, the upcomings with Zoheb, where we talk about the latest movie news and reviews um, of like latest films that've come out um we just did us last week which was a a massive one for us we also went into spoilers we also went into like speculation Uh, i think next week or within the next few weeks we'll be covering our pet cemetery and uh, shazam and probably a few others
0: end games at the end of the Um,
3: month end game at the end of the month and that'll be a big one you may also notice every now and then we do the special features which are just whatever they can be
0: yeah pretty much they've got no definition right yeah
1: um, right, yeah, that that upcoming attractions episode is almost as big as the shit that Matt took before we went on break.
0: Yeah. Uh, dude, like <laughs> he's, he's over at my place right now, and I'm scared to walk outside. <laughs> yeah, we, we can
3: smell it from two rooms down. <laughs> pretty much,
2: pretty, pretty much. Outside, did he
3: poop outside
2: or something? <laughs> no, no, I mean, like,
3: outside the room. He makes me go out like a dog. He treats me so bad, you guys. I've got a leash on right now.
0: This has been a great 100 episodes of Midnight Double Feature. I am so stoked to create another 100 more. Um, Like, this has been fucking awesome. Um, So thank you so much for listening, guys, and we will see you next time.